Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. A happy Thanksgiving to one and all. Travis Krins, uh, my good friend, joining yours truly, Nathan Sacken, here on this podcast. Travis, let me be among the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You are among the first. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. You are among the first as well. Let me be the last to wish you a happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. You, Yes, first and last, so very good. Kind of right in the middle of the week there. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, kind of for the first, it's, it's a big one. Not the last. It's uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, whatever the hell, whatever the hell one it is, Labor Day. It was the last bigger one, but. Uh, yes. Yeah, I got some stuff going on, so. Yeah. I feel like Thanksgiving is the best holiday. Right, I think we can all kind of. I, I guess we can't all agree on it. A lot of people like Fourth of July, people like Christmas and stuff. But my favorite is Thanksgiving, food, football, and family. All not necessarily in that order. I don't like the Fourth anymore because the fireworks and it's loud. It's like quit wasting your money. Oh, you know, Christmas is nice. That New Year's, yeah, Thanksgiving. That's it's a good number one. Chill nice out. So. Yeah, we'll go with Thanksgiving. You know, a, a turkey. I mean, we don't have a turkey any other time of the year like this. And some of those foods, like, yeah, may make this certain food that uh, you only make once a year. Right. That's, that's, that's coming up. Ham is kind of associated, I feel like, more with Easter, but ham gets gets thrown yeah. into the, the mix here for um thanksgiving i you know like you could have it at christmas time too some people do have turkey at thanksgiving but it's yeah it's very rare like we're not all clamoring for turkey on uh memorial day or um you know fourth of july it's uh, turkey is associated with thanksgiving and we wouldn't be it, it would be interesting to know what we would be having for thanksgiving like what the traditional bird or meat is if Ben Franklin had had his way, and the turkey would have been deemed the national bird. Like, would we all be eating bald eagles? I feel like a uh, bald eagle might be tough, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They, There's so many turkeys out there that are like, probably the biggest bird we eat. Would it, it would have been chicken? Yeah. Would chicken be the, the, the staple? Yeah. Or uh, the pig? You probably the duck inside the chicken, yeah. Oh, uh, to duck in, yeah. yeah. Some sort of bird. We love eating birds. Love eating a lot of birds. So, I guess we couldn't have turducken yeah. because the turkey would still be a part of that there. It'd have to be the duckin or... Yeah. And the, and the turkey, boy, turkey is an ugly looking bird. Tell you what. Yeah? It's an, it's an ugly looking yeah. house. I tell you how much. It is. It is. Um, speaking of ugly. Um, <laughs> ugly loss for the Vikings Sunday night in Denver from the standpoint of three turnovers. Uh, So they're reverting back to what plagued them at the beginning of the season. And the officiating was absolutely atrocious in this game. Two uh, blatant uh, targeting penalties or helmet-to-helmet or helmet-to-head penalties that were missed. One that would have um, negated that first turnover of the game. Um, it wasn't the sole reason. Alexander Madison had a very costly turnover in the third quarter that really swung momentum 
in favor of Denver. If the Vikings score even a field goal, they go up 20 to nine at that point. I would, I think they would have scored a touchdown. Maybe you know you get up 24 to nine, and the game's pretty much uh, over at that point. But um, Vikings committed way too many mistakes, had too many penalties on offense, uh, couldn't stop the. The, the Russell Wilson and the Broncos when they needed to the most and they ultimately their five game win streak is snapped at five uh, they lose 21-20 at Denver any thoughts on this game? Yeah, yeah just a similar game to the previous year that we've seen many times the uh, like the, uh, the the last drive before the last drive where it's, uh, they kick a field goal, you know, a touchdown probably wins it to go up nine there at that point. Yep, and running it on first and second down, no bueno. Yeah, I have an issue. I'm, I'm fine with the field goal because I don't think they probably would have scored a touchdown or gotten a first down anyway. So right. take your points. Yep, yep, I agree. It's just you you would have liked maybe a little more aggression or aggressiveness yeah. on on first and second down there. I guess that that, yeah, that was my point. Yeah, they were running it well because Denver sucks. But what what got them down there in the first place was passing the ball. So that was well, and the fake was, punt. And then again, they just kind of went away from that. And the punt return. And they they honestly, this was the best run game that they have had all season long. The fake punt that went to Ty Chandler for thirty one yards that was fantastic. Um, that's what ultimately led that drive. Uh, prolong as long go as long as it did and get that field goal um I, like how many yards did they get after their last was it a touch after their last touchdown how many if you don't even count the punt the fake punts like did they have I don't know, they have 50 yards the rest of the game uh let, let me check here like it's you know like it's just the offense I thought Dobbs, well, okay, this will be maybe his best game, but then again, just kind of went away. Denver late. defense has improved, though. They ta- and they have 12 takeaways in the last three games. Yeah, and that's just kind of a, a lucky thing where it's like, well, they're just, they're lucky right now. And and, and, and Denver's, at least all, their offense is just bad. Right, and if, if Ivan Pace recovers that fumble that uh, P. Ryan's well, there, if it doesn't hit his arm and roll that little extra like he would have recovered it inbounds and they they would have won the game so we wouldn't even be talking about that uh let's see their touchdown here uh the next drive six plays 46 yards uh that resulted in the fumble uh one play minus 10 yards there on that interceptions were down to 36 yards then 14 plays 63 yards but 31 of those yards was on uh so they had about 65, 70 yards in their last four, four possessions, I guess. Yeah, uh, 31, 32, uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, just all the turnovers again, and there were the, the snaps, a couple of the, the snaps were good, just obvious couldn't get them, and those, thank God they weren't turnovers, but they were sloppy yep. plays, and there were a couple of balls that, were close to being intercepted. Yes, the first one to Hawkinson, not not good. But you know what? It, like, it's bound to happen. I mean, he that's still that touchdown pass that he made to Oliver, incredible. Yeah. Uh, the the touchdown run was great. And just think about once they get Jefferson back, how much more 
explosiveness this offense could maybe be because that's what really plagued him on the last drive is that Addison wasn't getting open. Powell wasn't getting open. And he's just got to try and dump it down to Hawkinson, which, um, you know, just wasn't really going to work. At that moment, you had, what, a minute to go, and you had three timeouts. You only needed to get to the 40 to have a shot. Yes. Yep. So then you need to pick up 35 yards. You could have done, you know, eight, eight, and eight. Yep. Get you to about midfield. Yep. You had three timeouts. Uh, Addison not getting the first down. He was a yard short. That hurt. Yes, it did. And then they basically had, all right, we're going to sneak it, call a timeout. We're going to do that. Which was the right call. It was the right call to yeah. do the sneak. Because uh, that guaranteed the first down, even though you had to use a timeout there. So if you get a first down there, maybe things are a little bit different. So you don't you don't have to waste a play. You don't have to waste a waste a timeout just just to, just to move the sticks. So I mean, defense looked good. Um, now you see Denver quite a bit because they're on you know TV quite a bit because they're they're around you. Not as much with the Chiefs being mm-hmm. good, but you know, Denver was the team. They yep. were the AFC team up here before. Yep. Chiefs are kind of taking that over, but Russell Wilson, like he's done. He's done for. What does he have? What nineteen touchdowns, four interceptions. And that's one of those things where you look at the stats, like, well, that's you know, all right, that's pretty good. He's back to what he used to be. But then you watch him, he's like, yeah, he's 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 finished. He yep. doesn't he doesn't run around anymore. Yep. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. Uh, the touchdown was was down the field a bit. But even then, like Makai Blackman, like he misplayed that. Blackman misplayed that a little bit. He probably, I mean, he mistimed the jump. He wasn't as aggressive going for it as he probably could have been. Yeah, he uh, he threw it down the field a few times. But that last drive, it was just, I don't think there was a single pass more than three yards down the field. Not until the touchdown. Yeah, I mean. Dink, dink, dink. It's like, well, yeah, he's not doing anything. They're just. They're playing them deep. The running back's available. They're picking up, you know, 10 yards a crack. I don't know how you don't have someone spy on P. Ryan after, as, uh, for sure, after the first or the second catch. Like, he is, he's, he's out there for a reason. You got to have someone on him. Yeah, you're talking about the Vikings blitz and how it's the uh, most unbelievable thing of all time. Like, who's coming, Sack? And there's 25 guys going to scrimmage. You never know who's going to get there. So that worked for a while. Well, Collinsworth is jizzing over everything Denver Bronco related. Like, even the pass to uh, Marvin Mims uh, that was called back for holding plot. He's like, look at Mims go. How fast he is. Look how he gets down the field. Well, yeah, because there was a holding penalty, dumbass. Like, Collinsworth had very little good things to say about the Vikings. It's it's in his DNA. I, know, I thought he was, just, he was just on and on and on about the defense, about the blitzing and the... Uh... And uh, what's name? Where the old defense coordinator is? Uh, uh, Flores. Gene Flores. And like, oh, look at this! Oh, well, yeah, it's good. I mean, their D- defense is much, much improved. So, and Dobbs is good. Like nobody talks about Dobbs is bad stuff because you know not much is expected of him. So he does uh, a play like touchdown and like, wow, look at that, Josh Dobbs. And then it's like, oh well, yeah, he's been terrible though for half of the time he's been out there, and he was. First half against Atlanta, second half against the Saints, last little bit here against against the, the, the Broncos. So it's kind of been one half's been good, one half's been bad, and they just can't put together a, a full half. Mm-hmm. Like Ty, Ty Chandler, he again got the ball more, but he needs to be the, the main guy. He does, but they need Madison in there for pass protection. Madison does a great 
did a lot of good things pass protecting, picking up blocks and whatnot. Chandler's a little smaller for that. So the hell happened to CJ Hand and even playing his goddamn games uh, here? A couple of times, a couple of plays I know he was in. Yeah, he need a guy, in. put him back there and, and screw these other guys. But yeah, he had 10, 10 touches for 73 yards when it was the punts. Yep. So he had what, 9, 9 for 42, which isn't bad. Yep. Yeah, Madison had it 18 times for 81 yards. That's about as good as he can do. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to have any success, even remotely close to what they had. Well, again, you know, fumbling the ball there. And, again, it's it, it, was a, it was a team effort. It wasn't like Madison was the lone guy. But that, that turnover was a critical turnover at the time because the Vikings could have were, – were on the verge of going up by two possessions there. And you – Felt fairly, I would have felt fairly comfortable at that stage of the game. Oh, I mean, I'm not. That they just every, every game just comes down to it. Just every single game just comes down to it. Like, oh yeah, here's another one. It's well, just, not, not the Packers game. I'll keep going back to the Packers game. At least that was like the yeah the Packers game this year, the Packers game last year, and what else? The I think are those the only two. Uh, the, the Bears game last that, year? The Bears, though, I don't count the Bears last year because that was a exhibition game, basically. Okay. Where where the starters play, where the starters play the whole game. I think it's just those two games. So it's, either, it's those two games. Just so, so if you don't count the Packers games, it's every game, but they're 5-5 five and five now. And in the close ones, they were 11-0 last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, got, you still should, I mean, you, you look at what, what the what the playoffs look like, and one of these teams behind them has to go, what, 5-2? and two? I don't see that happening. You know, Packers, Falcons, Saints. Honestly, uh, I think the Vikings... And, you know, if you can get 8-9 eight, eight and nine probably gets you win. So if you can get three more wins here, if you beat the Packers again, if you... I feel like you got to beat the Bears here. Yes. Can you, can you split against the Raiders and Bengals? you got to win one of... Hopefully both of those, but if you can win both of those, you, you should be good. But you got to win three. Two yep. might get it in, but you got to win three here. You get, I think Bears almost pulled off a big upset, so that's uh, another. If, if Fields is out there, Bears Bears have a shot next yeah, week. So. Yes, they do. I don't like the the Bears. Absolutely should have beat the Lions, and that kind. It just after the Lions came back, it's like oh crap! Like this, it just kind of feels like. Even though the division seemed like a little bit of a long shot to begin with, it's like, okay, the Vikings have to almost be perfect going into this game against Detroit here a month from now. You you want to get that five seed. I'm concerned about what Dallas. Yes. Somehow catch them. I'm more concerned about the teams. If if we want to make the playoffs. Oh, I agree. I'm I'm concerned about the teams behind them. It's like, just worry about that. And then once once you're in the deal, then you can, because you want that. At five seed to face the yes. South winner, so that's, yes. that's a winnable game there. But well, and I think they will get. The, I, I think the six seed is going to happen. Uh, the five seed unlikely to, but I think the six seed is definitely in reach because Seattle loses to the Rams uh, because Geno Smith gets hurt, and they had to settle for a bunch of field goals uh, when they could have scored touchdowns and put the Rams away. Once Geno Smith got hurt, the you know, Drew Locke couldn't do anything worth a damn, and Geno Smith comes in at the end and, you know, gives gets the Seahawks in position, but Myers' field goal misses just to the right, and, and that's great. 
But you look at the Seahawks schedule coming up here. They have the 49ers on Thanksgiving. They have to go to Dallas. Then they have uh, San Francisco again and Philadelphia. Like This is a, a very difficult stretch for the Seahawks. So I think the, the Vikings can easily get the sixth seed. It's whether or not they can move up into the into the five seed with Dallas. And that I, I doubt is going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, the Dolphins, or the, the Cowboys have a difficult schedule here too. They have uh, Washington on Thanksgiving, which they should slaughter. Um, but you have Philadelphia, you have Seattle, you have uh, Buffalo and Miami. Uh, so there's there's a chance uh, Detroit coming up. So Dallas's schedule is not um, a slam dunk either for them. Uh, and that Bengals game now for the Vikings, uh, week 14, looks a hell of a lot better now, of a better chance to win because Joe Burrow is out for the year with a wrist injury. And a lot of people are upset about this, and I think rightfully so, given that the NFL has now gotten in bed with uh, all these you know, sports booking sites and gambling. There's a video that the Bengals had up and took down uh, it, it was Joe Burrow had something on his wrist, getting off the bus or whatever, and the team took it down, and you know, or has since deleted it because of the injury that Burrow suffered in the game against the Ravens. He now has ligament damage in his right wrist, and he's done for the year. And that is a huge issue for not only for the Bengals, but. The, the fact that the wrist never came up on the injury report leading up to that Thursday night game, and then you see what Burrow had on his wrist and whatnot, like that's that's a big deal, and a class action lawsuit could ensue, especially from bettors who are you know playing the money line, thinking, oh, Burrow is healthy and able to play. I, I don't see that happening. It probably should have designated that but you know what 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 is the probably going to take away a draft pick we'll do it yeah that's fine they're going to find him a quarter of a million dollars and whatever it is it, it's not going to be a penalty that's going to hurt but yeah he probably should have been on the injured list because he went into the game hurt and it wasn't there and then he gets hurt fairly quickly in the game so yeah it's like i'm sure that that's that's Probably quite common. Like, yeah, we're not gonna say anything. And then some guys wasn't Tom Brady on the injured uh, report like every week forever with some stupid thing. Yeah. Yep. And, then, and he never missed a game. So yeah, like, and if you're a better, you you like the like the line last night was uh, the Broncos were a two and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it came down to that two point conversion, which was a terrible play. Yep. And the over-under, I think, was 42. And, again, it was – I don't know how it – it's not every game, but you, you look at it, you're like, yeah, you know, this is coming right down to it, the over-under or the point spread or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they do it, but it seems like it just, it just happens happens more more than it should. And, yeah, that was looking like a good game. But then, uh, yeah, the Bengals were a team that you thought all they need to do is just get in. Yep. And it doesn't matter – how they do it, just get in, and they're a, they're a threat, and now they're they're seeding them. Well, and we were talking. I mentioned last week how the AFC North is the best division in football, and in within the span of 
four days, we learn that Deshaun Watson's out for the year for the Browns, not because of an ankle injury, but in a shoulder injury. And then Burrow goes down for the Bengals. So now it's left to Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. I know who I'm picking, and it's not Pickett. It's not Pickett to Pickens. It's going to be Lamar Jackson to anyone that he's got. Now, I get that Mark Andrews is done for the year. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the the hip tackle, the hip drop tackle. I have no problem with it. How are, how are defenders supposed to try and tackle these guys? It's a fast game. They're not, they're, they're not tackling them with a malicious intent. They're just trying to get the guy down. How else are you supposed to do this? I don't know how the NFL is going to completely get rid of this. Uh, do you think the hip drop tackle needs to go? Because I don't. It's an unfortunate injury, but how is how are you supposed to stop the offense if you're the defense, Derry, and you eliminate this kind of tackle? You can't. I've, I've never heard of the term before it happened. Like, what do we, it's, it's a tackle. Yeah. Take a guy, you, you, you try and get him down. So, he got hurt, it's going to happen. He can't hit, hit the head, he can't go for the legs. It, it, you know, it wasn't a dirty play by any means, it just happened. Yep. And you can't outlaw that because you see that fucking literally 20 times a game. So mm-hmm. it's like, you just try to get rid of the get rid of the ridiculous stuff. There was one, one, one college game where somebody just, well, it was the worst, I guess the best example of targeting, just, well, I don't know what game that was. One guy just launched himself like a rocket. Leading with his have some college game, literally his his arms were down. He just launched himself, mm. literally like a, like a torpedo. Like yeah, that's that's exactly what we're trying to uh, get rid of. But I this saw is that. A clean play. Yeah, I saw it. I can't think of the. Well, like maybe some Friday or Thursday night game. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Saturday. Oh, it was. Was it the Washington State Colorado game? Mm. I don't think so. But okay. I, I don't know what it was. There was, it was a long pass, and then guy was covered, and then he made the catch, and there was a safety coming up, and just launched himself head for the back But that was that was that was a great great example. But this, yeah, this is fine. And I guess uh, we- it, was, it was Boston College and Pitt. Oh, okay. Boston College guy is just ridiculous. Torpedo. So, uh, yeah, that was bad. Didn't even try to do anything besides give himself a brain aneurysm. Right. I guess I shouldn't count out the Browns from the AFC North discussion. I mean, they did get the win against... Their defense is just ridiculous. It is. It is. Considering the fact that they're also without their best running back, their starting running back in Nick Chubb, and now you're down to Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They did sign Joe Flacco, for what it's worth, uh, to the practice squad. We'll see if that changes at all. But that game was... Awful and good at the same time because of how great both of those defenses were, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. But Kenny Pickett's awful. That offense is awful for the Steelers. Like they have no business being six and four. They've been outgained in yards every single game, and yet somehow they have a winning record. Uh, I don't see Pittsburgh doing much of anything. Did you see the, what the? Did you see what the Jets were on third down against Buffalo on Sunday? One of 15. All of 11. They are converting, I believe it's 22% of third down conversions this year, which is like the third worst in NFL history or like in the last 20 or 30 years. They're just awful. And now they've benched Zach Wilson for, uh, was it some uh, Boyle? 
Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, because that's going to make a difference. Trevor Simeon backing him. I up. think it's going to make a difference, though, because he is so bad. He is so goddamn bad. Well, he has no offensive line. Like, there is a, it, get it, I get it. Wilson's not good, but Tim Boyle. They, they, they were like fourth in rushing and like 30th in pass. Or whatever, whatever the stat was. I don't Tim think... Boyle. Tim Boyle will be better than Zach Wilson. He he wasn't yesterday because he had the same number of completions and far fewer yards, and that offensive line is dreadful. You lose... What happened? Well, he was like seven... Like each, they each had seven completions, and Wilson had like 50 he more yards. I know, it's just seven he completions. He so. played three quarters. He did more in one That's quarter true. than dumb shit did. That is true. In three quarters. That that is true. That is true. I just don't know how you're going to play behind that offensive line. I don't like that. that, that you got to figure that. You got to figure that out because you got a forty-year-old quarterback next year who is one hit away from being done. And apparently, there's reports that they're going to try and go after Devonte Adams in the off season. How? With what capital are you going to be? Like, does that, it's all it's all monopoly money. Go after whoever you want. Do do whatever you want. Get get Devontae Adams for a for a second round pick or whatever they're going to give up to him. What? Let me ask you this: What if the Raiders said, "Sure, we'll trade Devontae Adams to you for Garrett Wilson and a pick"? No, no, no. Okay, we'll, I'm we'll just... get a draft pick. We'll get one of the top five receivers in the game for. Maybe he'll take a first run. He's on the older side, isn't he? Devontae? Yeah, yeah. What, who? Wasting away, and he's 30 years old. So, um, is that a second? I don't know what his contract is. A second round, second round pick enough for him? But they don't have a second round pick next year because that's going to Green Bay. So, so he's, got, uh, he's got a lot of years left. He's got... Next year he's due twenty two million. Then he's got an opt out of some of some description, but and you have a lot of money tied in. I don't know how that I don't know how the Jets would be able to do that. I know they'll figure it out because none of these this money makes any sense anyway. Uh, the uh, Brandon Staley. If I have to go through a list of the coaches that are going to be fired, Brandon Staley is number one. I would maybe put Ron Rivera number two. Brandon Staley goes off on a reporter asking about defensive play calling because once again, defense let the Chargers down against the Packers. Jordan Love throws for over three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Justin Herbert uh, had. Uh, there were several key drops. One by Keenan Allen in the end zone hit him right in the numbers. Quinton Johnson. Had a big drop, but uh, the defense gives up the go-ahead touchdown. And then afterward, Brandon Staley goes off on a reporter like, I call the defense plays now, so you can quit asking that question. And no, like, I'm disappointed in, in everyone. It's a team loss, blah, blah, blah. You know what, Brandon Staley? You're the jackass here. You're the terrible one. And Rex Ryan said he should go back to D3. Uh, he said that on Get Up on Monday. I'm not maybe quite willing to go that far, but he absolutely needs to get canned because he's doing a horseshit job when you have a top five quarterback and you find ways to lose games every week in just the most creative, bumbling, stumbling fashion. Yeah, the Chargers are the Vikings of the AFC. Oh, they, just, yes. Yep, absolutely. And they, and, they, and they somehow beat the Vikings. It's, yeah, Justin Herbert's good every week. They had one game-winning touchdown pass, kid, wherever the hell had it, dropped it. 
Yep. Uh, at the end of the game, if you yep. catch the ball, you're going to get at least a field goal, maybe a touchdown out of that. Yep, that, that's the Quentin Johnson one. Or Johnson yeah, one Johnson, man, he sucks. He's no good. Yeah, if you're the defensive coach and the defense sucks, that's your problem. And then, you know, it's, it certainly is not the offense, the quarterback, or the passing game. That is the least of their issues. So, and then they spent a lot of money on that defense. Uh, it's not working out. It's it's not working out for them at all. And they're not making the playoffs again. And, and they're gonna have to change coaches. So we get, I know you get in there, but do certainly, you, certainly, it's gonna be him. Do you keep Kellen? Kellen him after that playoff loss. Do you keep Kellen Moore as you know the head coach? Elevate him. He's the offensive coordinator. Do you go after Frank Reich, who's likely get fired at Carolina? I. <laughs> Because David Tepper has uh, temper when it comes to, uh, and he's trigger happy when it comes to firing. Isn't this his first year? Yeah, it is. But he's on the hot seat apparently. Oh Christ! Look uh, at the yeah, team. Look at the roster that Bryce Young has around him. What weapons right. does he have? Not good. Nothing. And you could have taken C.J. Stroud, but you wanted Bryce Young. So Tepper, this is on you. Yeah. And with C.J. Stroud, it's one of those things where you know, some people thought he'd be good, some people thought he'd be bad, nobody thought he and he had three interceptions yesterday, but he was still good in the first half, mm-hmm. but nobody thought he'd be this good this quick. Right. With these random guys they have in Houston, these random fucking guys at receiver that are tearing it up. Yeah, tank so like, like if, people, if people thought he was, was going to be this good, I mean, obviously nobody did, so... Uh, your Lions. I know you're big on the Lions here. You Love think they're the going to the, the You think you're going to the Super Bowl? Yes, I do. After la- after that game against Chicago, I I they are not. They, they could very well get the one seed. They could, they're probably a two seed. They are not Super Bowl worthy. Uh, Jared Goff uh, had a very bad game. Their defense is a lot left uh, left to be desired. I don't think they're better than San Francisco or Philadelphia. And that game against Chicago, they were very lucky to win that one. Uh, they were lucky to beat the Chargers in L.A. I this is a very good team, but I'm not. I, I don't see Super Bowl in them. They are just the San Francisco and Philadelphia are better. Can they beat them in Detroit? No, no. If they get the one seed, San Francisco is going to have to play Philadelphia in the second round. Whichever. Meanwhile, Detroit's going to get the Cowboys, whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas would be serious. I picked them with the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, but yeah, the Cowboys come up. So if you've you got San Francisco playing Philadelphia in the, in the divisional round, and we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And then winner plays at Detroit the next week. I mean, I like I like Detroit. We saw what San Francisco had a little bit of a rough patch. Yep. Uh, Eagles have not looked good. What are they, 8-1? They are. They have a big game. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday before the game of the year, uh, the Taylor Swift Bowl, uh, the Kelsey Brothers Bowl, the Andy Reid Bowl between Philadelphia and Kansas City. And right now you would probably say this is your Super Bowl matchup. I don't think it's going to end up that I mean, I don't think it's going to end up that way. I would agree. But... Yeah, these are the two favorites right now. So, yeah, biggest Monday Night Football game. 
Represents Favre against the Packers, maybe? I don't know which one's been bigger since then. Yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati-Buffalo had a chance last year, and then it ended up being that way for all the wrong reasons with DeMar Hamlin. Um, but I, I mean, like, if Detroit's going to be at home, I, I, I like that. I, you get a bye, you get... You avoid, you don't have to beat both Philadelphia and San Francisco. I think it's... Whether they get there or not, I think it sets up pretty well for it's the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. It's the best road to get to the Super Bowl. It's mm-hmm. win two home games. It's it sets up very good for them. What do you think about this Eagles Chiefs game here? I think I like the Chiefs to win. Andy Reid's great out of a bye. The Eagles, I think the loss of Dallas Goddard is going to be more impactful than a lot of people realize. I uh, get they still have A.J. Brown, and they're going to probably run the rock a lot with you know Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift. Hurts' his knee is better, but I just think Travis Kelsey's going to have a big game. Um, and the Chiefs' defense is playing really well right now. They're better than the Eagles' defense. And again, Andy Reid off of a bye is, is ridiculously good. I just think the Chiefs are going to edge the Eagles. Not saying that they're, they're head and shoulders better, I just think where they're at right now, yes, the offense, Patrick Mahomes not playing great, but I have faith in them and in Andy Reid to get something together. And I, again, I'm, I'm not saying that Goddard is the sole reason why the Eagles won't win, but that is a huge weapon on offense that you don't have. Like you, I don't even know who their backup tight end is. That's how bad... Like. I just, who are you going to rely on then outside of Brown and Devontae Smith? Well, I think the Chiefs win. I think the Eagles, yeah, Eagles got plenty of good receivers. Yeah, I think they win. Chiefs defense is is, is decent. And their offense, I mean, their offense just isn't as good. So, I don't know. It could be. Hopefully, the Super Bowl was a good game. This might be a good game. This might be kind of maybe a disappointing game. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, points, are there going to be points scored? Yeah, you want know, like every game that maybe look forward to, it's got, well, that, that wasn't as, as good or high scoring as I thought it'd be. I got so, Chiefs 26-20 over Philadelphia, so not as many points as maybe someone might predict. Well, the over-under's like uh, 40, 45 to 48, somewhere on there, so it's... Yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs win, I suppose. So, this I mean, big game for the Eagles to keep down that one seed. So, they got, I mean, they got Buffalo next week. They should beat them, but they got the Cowboys coming up. And mm-hmm. Big, big game for the Eagles. So. Uh, looking at next week, of course, the triple day uh, or the Turkey Day triple header: Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks. 49ers, Seahawks, the best game of the three. Um, any anything strike you? And then we got Dolphins Jets for a Black Friday game. Anything strike you out of any of those four games? No, those are bad. Those are bad. I, you know, Packers Lions might be entertaining. Uh, Washington Dallas probably not. Forty Nine ers Seattle. That's one of those games. Like no, I don't, I don't, I don't care for that game most of the time. So, kind of a, oh yeah, that's, that's a must win for kind of both teams. Seattle, if they lose, their division hopes kind of done. Mm-hmm. And 49ers, if they, I guess, have any hopes of the one seed or the two seed, they kind of got to win that one. 
So, yeah, this Black Friday, this Black Friday game looks awful as well. Well, it would have been good if Aaron Rodgers were playing. I think the Dolphins win that game. Is Browns-Broncos the best game of the weekend next weekend? Jacksonville-Houston. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Never mind. That. That's... Yep. Jacksonville-Houston. Yep, I, I'm terribly sorry. I skipped by that. You're right. That is the best. Well, you, know, you, got, uh, you got Baltimore Chargers. That should be... I mean, they're entertaining games. They don't win them much, but they're entertaining. Bills-Eagles should be good. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo, we got to do something here. So, big game for Buffalo. Yeah, not a lot going on. This has been a bad, this has been a bad year. Just, you know, Rodgers is hurt. That's probably affected a lot of things. That's great. It's, it's very good. That's great. Um, so, hopefully we're done with tackles. Hopefully, hopefully that is, that is the end of him because he doesn't, he doesn't need to be around anymore. Like, they, cut him. Cut him. Yeah. Why, why would he be on the team next year? He's what started 20-some games? Too many games. Cut, cut him. Why would you have him on the roster? He doesn't cost much. Get him out of here. Like, there's no reason for him to be around. You look at what he does. Agreed. Bad. Um, and, and Kenny Pickett, also, you gotta you got to move on. If, if Pittsburgh's in a position there in the middle of the draft to find a guy they like, Pick him because Kenny Pickett. He, I don't think he has a game with maybe he has one game with more than one touchdown. I don't know if he does. He has, has a game. Tommy DeVito has as many or more two touchdown games than Kenny Pickett. I thought he'd be a lot better than this. But Christ, which would be two. Tommy DeVito's thrown five touchdowns in the last two games. Yeah. Um, let's let's turn our attention to college, and before we get to FBS. Let's turn to FCS. South Dakota State caps off the perfect season uh, with an imperfect win against Missouri State. It's fine. It is what it is. They'll be sharper in the playoffs. They're the one seed. Uh, Montana gets the two. The huge upset of the weekend. Furman loses to one win Wofford. That, uh, I get Furman didn't have their starting quarterback, but that's bad. USD gets the three seed. NDSU gets the home game against Drake, but they have to play in the first round and then they're on the opposite side of the bracket, which is nice. I wish USD would have been on SDSU side. Uh, they are not. But Montana State is on that side, too. Like, SDSU's path, it the most difficult game that they're going to have is going to be a potential semifinal matchup against Idaho. Former coach, uh, former offensive coordinator, Eck, uh, Jason Eck, he is the head coach at Idaho, so he... Uh, that's a that's got a chance to be an upset, but still Idaho has to leave the the co- the cozy confines of their the Kibby Dome or whatever, and would have to go to uh, Brookings and the Elements. SDSU should breeze to Frisco. It's that other half that's very interesting here. Any thoughts on the FCS playoff bracket as a whole? Yeah, six Missouri Valley teams in. Yeah, SDSU's got a cakewalk to the final. I feel like it's, you know, are you going to play Montana or Montana State? That's the only question. What happened to Montana State this year? Huh? What happened to Montana State this year? I, we, we thought yeah. that did they have some injuries to their quarterbacks. And, like, is Montana really all that good? I see some – I saw some comments like, oh, Montana's the hottest team in, in FCS. We've outscored our opponents 145-24 to 24 the last four games. And I looked, and SDSU, I think, is – 
outscored their opponents 139 to 33. So it's really close. It's not like Montana is head and shoulders the hottest team. I don't I would argue they aren't. SDSU is the hottest team and the team to beat. Yeah, they haven't played Montana in a while, so that'd be a good win to get to to shut them up. I don't think USD's winning a playoff game, so they think they lose to North. Are you going to pick North Dakota or uh, Sacramento State? Whoever they play, I don't think they win. I don't think they're beating North Dakota. They barely beat them two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. And if they do, it's one and done. So. And it took them a half to wake up against uh, Western Illinois. It just kind of looks at how weak. I mean, it's a weak year. Like mm-hmm. it's not good. Like when you got Furman up there, nobody thought Furman was any good. And you know, North Dakota State, where they're probably the they're probably what the ninth seed, or probably the best team that didn't get a seed. Probably, but they still are in. I would say the most difficult. If you're looking at the four kind of quadrants of the bracket, I think they're in the most difficult one because they're in yeah. with uh, with Montana and Montana State. And you know, a lot of teams get in, and we look at what's going to happen with with the FBS with what twelve teams getting in next year. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice, but it's gonna be like like this year. You look at it, like Georgia just needs to play Michigan or Ohio State. That's the only game I need to see. I don't need to see anything else. I need to see Michigan and Ohio State play each other, and then one of that one can play Georgia, and then we can decide it. Because like look look at this year, you'd have like Missouri would get it. Like yeah, Missouri's had a nice year. I don't give a, I don't need to see Missouri play fucking anybody. So. Well, yeah, it just like it just seems like the, like the upsets in football just do not happen, like yeah. they do in baseball, like they do in basketball. Well, we're due yeah. for some upsets this week to kind of shake up the college football playoff a bit, and uh, honestly, it was shaken up to a degree on Saturday only because well, of us. Have, have we had an upset this year? Texas over Alabama. Yeah, and that's and that's you know. Barely and hardly one, but it's Colorado over uh, TCU. No, it's like up the teams that matter, like because nobody's lost. Nobody's lost. There hasn't been like a single upset all year of, of a top ten team. Like, oh, they're out of it. Like that. What? Are we, and we got one week to go, and we're done. Yeah. Like this, this just hasn't. And at this middle Florida State, they're probably. Well, that, that's what I was just getting to, is that the the college football playoff, you know, it hasn't really changed a whole lot, but we do have a significant change due to an injury, and that's because of Jordan Travis, the quarterback for Florida State, suffering a gruesome knee injury against North Alabama. I think that's the worst. It, it's bad. His career is done at Florida State. It was his last home game. It was senior night and everything like that. But to have it happen against like a North Alabama, it's not even like it happened against a, a Florida or uh, you know a Miami or Syracuse, Clemson, anyone like that. It had to be against an FCS team. Um, yeah, that it, that's not good. I can't. Is Florida State really going to make it? Are they going to get through Florida and Louisville uh, to? To, and make the college football playoff without their best player? They could. They could probably be Florida. And then Louisville, yeah, they're, yeah. And if they do, it's like, I mean, 
why, because of the injury, it's like, yeah, they're out. Even if they finish undefeated, you don't really have a there. Washington didn't play their best game against Oregon State. It, it, granted, the, the weather wasn't great, but they hung on to win 22-20. to 20. Uh, That was big. Um, Michigan barely beat Maryland. And uh, you have a big, I would say, a de facto elimination game uh, when it comes to the college football playoff uh, with them in Ohio State. And Michigan's, like, putting flags up to to stop the cameras from looking in at their huddles and stuff. And Michigan fired their linebacker coach. Like, this Michigan thing, just get them the hell out of here. I'm so tired of them. Uh, They're a bunch of, there's a, a donor or whatever that... Like was paying for Connor Stallions. Like this is awful. That's why Jim Harbaugh and the university kind of withdrew their um, opposition to the suspension. So I he's getting off light right now, but I feel like something else is coming. Like Michigan's trash. I just I don't like them. I don't want them to win any like the college football playoff uh, or get into the college football playoff at all. Ohio State, go up there and and just pound make them pound sand. Like that's that's all I want. Michigan, go to hell. What do we do about Michigan's sign getting stolen though? What do we do about that? Look Nothing's into happening. it. Look into it. Nothing's happening though. Well, maybe there's not because there's nothing to it. Maybe it's Michigan just blowing smoke. Inform the Big Ten that, like I don't know. It's like does anything that happened on Friday change your? perspective on Michigan at all because I feel like everything that keeps kind of coming out more so validates my stance and a lot of other people's stances on like that Michigan's a bunch of dirty cheaters and shouldn't like get like, something needs to happen to this program and to Jim Harbaugh does anything that that happened last week does it change your perspective on this at all no because I don't think it's a big deal I don't think they're the only one that does it? Mm-hmm. I think this is common practice. Okay. I, you, you can't send somebody to a game to scout. Okay. I don't understand. Every other sport does that, though. That's weird. Like high school sports do that, baseball teams do that, basketball teams do that. Like, our head basketball coach at Mitchell for the boys, mm-hmm. like, if they don't have a game that night, he'll probably go, he like, a lot of the time he goes to Sioux Falls or even somewhere else, and he watches the game. Mm-hmm. The game's online somewhere, streamed on YouTube or somewhere, but he'll drive to Sioux Falls, and he'll watch the game. If he was in college football, that would apparently be illegal. Why? I don't know. Um, just like, okay, like when I first heard about this, I'm like, why is this illegal? What about, what about this is, I don't know, wrong? What about this is, this huge, it's not like they're, they're secretly taping their practices. There's, they were secretly recording their signals though. But there's a hundred thousand people in the stadium. Everybody's got a phone. But no one's doing it. And if his sole purpose is, I'm going to buy a ticket behind the opposing team bench. He posed as a Central Michigan guy. Do we know that for sure yet? Yes. 
That's him. We know he posed as a Central Michigan staffer. That's a hell of a, hell of a job for him. I, 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 this is not... I, I do not believe they're the only team to do this. But they were the dumb ones to get caught. That's that's the problem in all this. That Ohio State that turned them in or whatever. I hope they beat the clock out of Ohio State. Ohio State's got a great defense. I wish both teams would fall off a cliff in all where, honesty. Where's where this game at? This game's at Michigan. In Ann Arbor. Yep, it's in Michigan. I wish both I teams would Michigan fall off a cliff. Michigan beat the fuck out of them like they did last year. Like they had the last year. Um, yeah, big game. It's Whenever these two teams play, and it's, it's like this, one, two, two, three, it's... It's the biggest game of the year, and we've had a couple of these in recent years. So I, I'm on the Michigan side of things because I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's serious. I don't think they're the only one that does it. Every other sport can do this. Why this doesn't happen and why this can't happen here, I have no idea. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to me. I talked to a friend of mine in Nashville. He was a former college softball coach. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this. And he went somewhere to some game to scout some team. Mm-hmm. And really the rule, whenever this was 10, 15 years ago, the rule was the, like the opposing coach went up to him and he said, hey, you know you can't be here on university money. He's like, yep, yeah, I'm paying for this myself, so there's no... So apparently that was the rule with softball. He couldn't go somewhere and scout a team in person and have the university pay for your hotel or gas or whatever. If you wanted to, you could, but that's on your time. So he did, and he won, and he watched the game. Do you, is the opposing team going to look into that to make sure? Like, you could easily lie about that. Yes. He could have, like, yeah, and, you know. And the science, like, yes, we all see the signs, and they do the signs, and you, you, you decode the signs. You look at, the, okay, this is what they flashed. This is what they... Uh, this is what the the play was. What does this mean? So you try and you try and figure that out. And see if you can. Like baseball, you I don't runner at second base. You look at the sign. If it's a fastball, you scratch your nuts. But did, did you agree know. with That's, that? Houston went too far. Yeah, with the video, but but every, the thing about it, okay, you mentioned Houston, you mentioned the Astros. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's I just wanted to like in that sign cheating scandal. Know, but, but you mentioned that, and everybody else would mention that. But what I always go to is yes, they did it, and they won the World Series. But also the Red Sox did it, mm-hmm. and the Yankees did it, and I don't think most casual people. They know about, maybe they know about what the Astros did with the garbage cans, but they don't know, oh yeah, the, the Red Sox did this too. But did, but they, I, yeah. They did, did this too. Yes, yes, they did. But did Houston go too far? Did Boston go too far? Probably, because they were fined and you, you know, you can have video stuff and, and uh, I don't think you can have any like Apple Watches or any technology like that. We all have, they all have a fucking iPad now to watch the last at bat. Yep. But I think that's maybe the... I think maybe that's the difference here is that Michigan went too far. Like Houston, like Boston. But they taped it even, let's say they don't tape it. Do they still get in trouble? Fucking this guy was just here. He was taking notes. He wasn't taping anything. Would that have also been a violation? Which I think it would have been. 
I feel like, well, he's just there at the game scouting. Like, how? I think it would. If he wasn't recording it, then yes. But he's recording it's still, it. It's still a violation, right? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, but the, as far as I know, you can't, you can't send somebody to a game and, and watch the game. All right, we're going to play Montana next week. Let's send somebody to Montana, even though the game's on TV. So you can't send somebody there. It's like, really? Like, you can't send? And that's my biggest problem with this is what is common practice and legal in every other sport it is is not. Okay, if you, you say, okay, he, uh, he shouldn't have taped it, I could say, okay, he probably shouldn't have done that. He probably shouldn't have taped it. But just, I think he probably would have got uh, got fined and suspended and fired all this other stuff if he was just there to begin with. So do, what? Do you think it's coincidental at all that bef- before Connor Stallions came, that Michigan had like it was sub five hundred or they're right around five hundred? I get it was the COVID season and whatnot, but that in the like the three four years since that, the, I guess three years that they have lost maybe like four games. Like, they're, they're, do you see any? You don't see any like correlation between him b- coming there and starting the sign stealing scandal and their record. I think if they don't do that, they get to the national championship. Well, we'll see. I because because I, I think I mean I guess something that I read is that TCU knew they did this, so they switched up their signals. Mm-hmm. That's how TCU beat them last year because they knew what they were doing. I just think, like, Michigan for for years wasn't able to get to the college football playoff, and all of a sudden, now back-to-back years, they've, they've made it. It's all part of the well, whole thing. Like, they were right there for a while. It's like they were right there, so it's not But they, they it's not ridiculous to think, oh, Michigan, I mean, their, their quarterbacks have gotten a lot better. They've got yeah. two really good running backs. Their defense is always good. They've always had a good team, and, and Ohio State has always been better than them. And that has not been the case. That's the one game you, you just have to win that game. You win that game, you're going to win the conference. And they just have not been able to win that game until these past two years. So These free Harbaugh shirts that the team is wearing, it just may also, I think, drives a lot of people, including myself, off. And, 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 and you, you look at their schedule, and they don't play anybody. Right. They play Penn State and they play Michigan, and Penn State can't beat anybody worth a damn. Exactly right. And they finally beat Ohio State. So I'm like, yeah, they they should be able to beat all of them. It's not like they pounded the shit out of these teams. Like they they've gotten by, and sometimes they win by thirty, forty. Sometimes they win by ten or ten or fifteen. So I I, I, I just like what, what, what is common practice in every other sport is illegal in this one. I'm like I was like I was surprised. Were you surprised to learn that? It is illegal to go to an opponent's game and watch them, to scout them. I was surprised that that was a rule. I'm like, that is a rule. In college football, you cannot go to a game of your opponent and scout them. I'm like, what? That's a little surprising, but it's it's still a rule. You and it's a rule. So they, they got it. Their penalty is their coach is suspended for three games. Like, it's kind of like the whole... It's, 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 it's a nothing penalty. It's a... It's a it's kind of like everyone talking about JMU last week and like, oh, 
you know, JMU's petitioning to go to a bowl game, or like the Sun Belt Championship or no, whatever. They're going to go to a bowl game, I believe. Aren't they, aren't they going to go to a bowl game? If there aren't okay. enough teams to fill in the spots. We have a lot of five, I think 21, five, and six teams. Here I'm going to get Charlie on. We're going to play bowl bound or not later. Uh, we'll see how many of those spots get filled. I think there's 15 spots left. Four, 14 or 15, maybe 16 spots. Well, you know what? If, if, you're, if you're some company, you have access to a stadium or something, and I... I assume they're making a bowl game somehow. But if they don't, wouldn't you say, hey, James Madison, come here. We're going to put you in a game against somebody. We're going to find a game for you. Oh, but here's my here's my issue with this. JMU knew the transition period going into it. Yes, it's a dumb rule. I think maybe it should be one year. I don't think it should be instantaneous. It shouldn't be any year. Like, I don't, I don't like uh, somebody to explain to me what is the point of this rule. I, what what does this what what does this do to this? I don't. I couldn't even come up with an argument of well, it's this rules in place because we don't want. I I, I don't even I, I couldn't even tell you. But you know the rule. You knew. Sure, that- you know the rule. You're like you know what? We're one of the twenty twenty five best teams. We think we're really good. But they still knew it. Do you think North Dakota State like? Or no, I guess that's not. not but well, like, like North Dakota State was number one in twenty two thousand seven. I I, I um, shouldn't have said North Dakota State, but like there have been other teams that have transitioned from FCS to FBS. They all know the rule. James Madison knew the rule. They knew that they they knew they had a good team. So why are why is everyone throwing a fit? And in that regard, I'm kind of glad that Appalachian State beat them on Saturday, so everyone could just shut the hell up about James Madison going to the Sun Belt uh, Championship. Oh, they're undefeated and make us UCF and all that garbage. You know what? I get it. It's probably it's unfair that it's two years. But you knew it coming in, so don't try and rewrite the rule because all these other teams have had to go through this. You are not special that you have that ultimate privilege to change the rule. You knew it going in. Stop bitching about it. I'd much rather watch 5-7 and seven Minnesota than 11-1. I hope they beat Wisconsin. If they're 5-7, and seven, I don't want to see them in a bowl game. I don't they're want to five see them. I think they're number one in APR, so they're getting them. Okay, well, that's good. They've had a very difficult schedule this year. Change yeah, the they, rule. They've lost. I like that. Like, change the rule. This is James Madison. Change the rule. This rule is stupid. We all know how stupid it is. This is Okay, then that's good. You can change it in the offseason, not during the season just to allow James Madison in. If James Madison had an issue with this, they needed to take care of it last year. Before and, the season, and, and, and what they want is, and the bowl games, of course, don't matter. They don't count for right. anything. But like, hey. Can we go to this bowl game in Mobile, Alabama? No? All right. Just saying they know it. They know the rule. Don't try and change it just because you're having a special season. Do it beforehand if you want to do it. The rule, the, the rule should be changed, so I like they attempted to do it. I, I, I want the rule changed, too, but you can't do it just because a team is doing something great. So in that regard, I think karma happened, and they lost to App State. I also believe karma happened to Deion Sanders of Colorado. I love that they just got smashed by Washington State 56-14. to I love that they're 4-7. Shut up, Dion. And I love how Dion's like, oh, look at all these receipts. Like, look at how great we are. Yeah, you, the, y'all doubted us. And now they're 1-7 in their last eight games. And Dion's like, oh, wait, we got to do It's the process, guys. We got to trust the process. And it's a process. You know what, Dion? Shut the hell up. Go to hell.
You don't like him because he is very outspoken, and then you like it that they're losing because I just and then it's it's the double. They're it's, winning, they're like, look at us, we're great, and then they lost, and then yeah, then they lost. Like, ah, you. And he can't, he can't accept it. And then he's like, oh, well, it's a process. All of a sudden, he has to change his message. Like, no, if you were that, that uh, like, you know, if you were that energetic about everything and, you know, obnoxious at the beginning of the season, this is this is the medicine that you get. So, I mean, Their offensive line is very bad, so they got to they gotta fix that. They're the New York Jets of, of uh, well, college football. The quarterback's good. They just got to get a good offensive line. So, I mean, they, they, I mean, they go to the Big 12. I like their chances next year to do, to do something in the Big 12. This week and is... And if the Big 10 really wanted to do something in Michigan, and say you are ineligible for the conference title. I wish they would do that. I wish they would, yeah. but the Big 10 doesn't have the Why balls. Why don't they ever do something that matters? Well, I agree. your coach for three games. I, he can still coach during the week. He can still game plan. He can still do all this other stuff. I agree. He just can't do there on Saturday. I wholeheartedly agree. The Big Ten looks incredibly weak in all of this. Dan Campbell has balls of steel. Michigan does not. Say we are. We're, we're so. We're so. This is such a serious offense. You know what? They say okay. We're done. You either your games are canceled for the rest of the year. This is such. This is such a competitive advantage. I get the, your I, season is done. We're going to cancel your games, or you can play the games. Because I'm going to but guess they won't that, matter because they're not going to count. And Ohio State exactly right. Goes to the championship. I think they're going to get vacated at some point anyway. So why not just bring the hammer down? And on again, them. that doesn't matter. That's like that's made up fucking fairy right. stuff. I agree. These games don't count. Uh, erase them from your records. Okay, great. Um, they happen. It's vacating the wins is about. That is the weakest of all the panel. Like the, the 1997 Gophers Final Four, vacated, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It happened. They they were there. Like you can't take that away. National championship. If we won it, we won it. It Reggie Bush won a Heisman. That's what happened. Yep. You can't take it away. It happened. Week 13 is always a big rivalry week. You got, you know, of course, you know. The game with Michigan and Ohio State. You got big one, uh, the Civil War, Oregon State and Oregon. You got the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Virginia Virginia Tech, that's a big one. Kentucky and Louisville, Commonwealth Cup. A lot of big rivalry games here. So let's get into this here. What is your game of the week? As if I had to ask. Well, obviously Kentucky-Louisville would be... Uh... Yes, yes. Yeah, Ohio State-Michigan, biggest game of the year. Michigan three and a half point favorites. They they just kicked Ohio State's ass last year, which I was stunned, just stunned. As was I. They just threw the ball, and then Ohio State's defense is great now, so we'll see what happens. This could be this could be an ugly looking one, but uh, rooting for Michigan hard in this one. So game of the week, game of the year, Michigan Ohio State. Upset. And then the loser. What's that? Loser. I, I think the loser is still. Still in the mix. Blues are still in the mix. They are. I would take though. I will. I will say this right now. Whoever loses this game, I would take a one-loss Washington or a one-loss Oregon over the one-loss team from the Big Ten, whether that be Ohio State or Michigan. I'll take Oregon and Washington over both of them. 
I want to see Alabama beat Georgia. Then that would create just a god awful mess. Oh, it would. I don't want. That. Oh, that would be bad. I want. I, I, this is the last year of this, and yeah. we've never had. We've never had any controversy. We've never had any problem. We know who the four teams are. Mm-hmm. I thought one year I thought the year Ohio State won. I thought TCU probably should have been in instead of Ohio State. But other than that, we've never had any controversy. Mm-hmm. So I want. With Florida State out, you know, who some some conferences, I don't know, maybe does Texas get in all of a sudden? I don't know. Does some conference get two teams in? Who knows? Well, heck, Louisville's got an outside chance. What what if Oregon State would have ran the table here? They would have had two losses. What if they would have beat Washington? What if they would have beat Oregon this week? And then what if they would have beat Washington again? That You would have to put them in. Those are the three best wins. That got you, you, yeah, absolutely put them in. I thought about that last week. I'm like, yeah, that's it didn't happen, but it, you know, it was possible. Mm-hmm. So. Upset of the week. What do you got? Upset of the week. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, North Carolina State over North Carolina. Okay. That's. Let's get something better than that. Shit. Okay. Um, I'll give you a big one. Okay. Give, give me Georgia Tech over Georgia. Ooh, okay. Uh, we'll go with that. We'll see what happens. 24-point underdog. So. All right. And the watch-your-ass game of the week. Florida, Florida State. Florida State's got to win. Florida needs to win for a bowl game. Florida's awful. And they're without so, their starting quarterback as well. Graham Mertz has a collarbone injury. Boy, we miss him. Florida, boy, what happened to Florida? My God. Yep. Kind of like Miami. What happened to Miami? Not what, good. What, what, what happened? What were our picks last week? Uh, Washington at Oregon State was the game of the week you had picked. That was... Uh, good one. You had two upsets of the week. Nearly happened. Oregon State over Washington and Iowa State over Texas. And the watch your ass game of the week was Louisville at Miami. And Louisville only won by seven. So I would say... All good. Yeah, all good. So we'll see how this week pans out. Um, speaking of... Well, okay. Let's let's transition here. We will get to uh, baseball winners here. I want to get your thoughts on the award winners here in a moment, but let's uh, let's cover what uh, Carissa Thompson said. She is the host of uh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime, uh, the, the the on-field, the, the studio, the pregame, the postgame, halftime host, whatever. She's also uh, works at Fox Sports or whatever. And last week, she went on uh, Pardon My Take and said that she has made up reports in the past when, you know, like she couldn't get access to a coach or whatever. And she said, yeah, I made stuff up, uh, you know. And this has gotten a lot of heat from uh, a lot of condemnation from all of the, the, the various sideline reporters out there who are saying that this is uh, like, you know, we take our job seriously. And this also has gotten a lot of attention and ire from uh, those within journalism that say you know journalists are already distrusted the that the most in we that journalists ever have in history and this sort of thing only damages more of that credibility there are those that think this isn't a big deal um 
Like, it's just a sideline reporter, you know, she's saying, or they, like, she being Carissa Thompson is like, oh, I've done, you know, like, I'm just saying, like, anything that, you know, the coach wouldn't disagree with, oh, we got to block better, got to play better, got to get off the field, whatever. I do understand the the point. I, I know, I guess I really don't. She's making shit up. Aaron Andrews said that apparently she's admitted this before and it never gained the traction that it has now. Aaron Andrews apparently it says that she's done it before as well. How can we take them seriously in anything that they do here now moving forward? And also, the fact that Amazon Prime and Fox Sports have not said anything about Carissa, that means they're okay with it? I mean, I, I know Fox is because they don't believe in, in facts and telling the truth and they just like to make shit up but like this is a bad look for carissa thompson and i don't know how anyone can look at what she says anymore on face value and take it for face value again like it's just it's it's not a good look is it the worst thing in the world no but it's dumb to say it and now her credibility is gone in my opinion what are your thoughts yeah it's bad you can't when you're when that is your job. You can't make stuff up. You can't lie. You can't fabricate things. That would be like if you were on the air, like during and you're you know at halftime and you said, "Oh, I just got done talking to coach or you know the quarterback," and oh yeah, we got to do this. And like and you just completely make it up. You you wouldn't do that, would you? And for some reason, she couldn't get a hold of the coach, or the coach avoided her, whatever the reason was. So it's, you know, it's a tough thought of do you just say, yeah, I couldn't get a hold of the coach, I couldn't talk to him, so fuck it, you know what I want. What do you, what do you want me to say? Right. Like, we don't need, we don't need sideline reporters, we need to get rid of them. Wouldn't you just tell the producer, or tell, like, the, you know, your, the play-by-play guy, like, hey, I didn't get a... a I wasn't able to talk to him. He didn't. He didn't want us to speak. Like that's all you have to say. You don't have to make shit up. And also the and access to it. If you're paying this here's much. Here's the thing. Don't say that you did it. Why would you admit this? Right. That's the. That's the key. Yes. Like it's stupid like, of her to do it. Do it, but don't for God's sakes tell anybody. So. Right. Like you can. You can believe her. She's a joke now, but you can believe her because I'm sure this happened a few. You know, two, three, four times. However many times this happened. But why is she allowed to keep her job though? Like this is a potential. Like, I'd be fine. So you know what? Like fire her, fire all of them. Like she doesn't. She's just there. She's not any better or worse than anybody else. They're all interchangeable parts. There's very few out there that's like you know what this guy or gal is really good at this. We'll give him some leeway. She's not one of those. She's just there. Well, now she's a host, though. She's nothing special about her. She's now, but she's trans. Like she's now ascended. She's been promoted to host, like studio hosting. She doesn't even sideline report anymore. So she used her lies to build up her credibility and her profile, her her portfolio, into this better gig. Yeah, I'm sure nothing's gonna happen. Oh, I know. Like, and, but it, were you surprised at all? Were you surprised at all that there was the widespread condemnation from sideline reporters across all of the the various networks, from like Lisa Salters to um, like 
Jenny Dell, like everyone, like everyone was coming after, like coming out and saying, no, this is, this is not okay. I was glad it happened. Like, all right, good. Cause now this looks bad on them just because one or two people do it. Well, they all do it now. Well, no, they don't all do exactly. it. But the public are a bunch of fucking idiots. So like, oh yeah, you did this up oh, all sideline reporters. Yep. You're, you're, you're a Carissa Thompson now. Yep. You make stuff up. It's like, no, no, I don't. So. This hurts her, and this hurts others as well. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's an idiot for doing it. She's even more dumb for admitting it. Mm-hmm. It's like if I was if I was in charge of things, I'd say, you know what? All right, hit the bricks, finish the season. Don't finish the season. I don't give a shit. Get out of here. Like you, you don't matter. Yeah. No, nobody's tuning in to see her do anything. So it doesn't matter. But now anything that she says or report, like how could you be? Yeah, sure. Anyone at the, like on the on that Thursday night football set, and yeah. like you know like Andrew Whitworth or Tony Gonzalez, Richard Sherman, and be like, yeah, I could take what what she's doing seriously. I'm sure they they'll say, well, that was you know long ago. We didn't know her then. Everything that we know about her now is uh like is is um is real. It's I mean it's I I, I don't know how else they would. View that like, do you stick up for the teammate, or do you like secretly say, "Yeah, we got. Like, she's got to get the fuck out of here because this is unacceptable." And then you got an, an entire industry and an entire network based on lies and horseshit. Yes. Yeah. That. Yep. Things that actually, you know, people died because of COVID because they thought it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Then you got something like this that doesn't, in the scheme of things, doesn't matter, and people make a big deal out of it. We'll make a big deal out of the stuff that does matter. And I know it's old, and I know it just continues, and it's never going to end. But it's like make a big deal out of all this other stuff. If you might want to make a big deal about this, fine. More important stuff to get angry about. There is currently a candidate running for the president, for the office of the presidency of the United States. By the way, happy birthday to uh, to President Biden today. Birthday. Uh, happy birthday to him. But uh, you currently have someone who's constantly saying that uh, the, the fake news and he's putting a lot of distrust in the media and all of these uh, suckers are are taking the bait and believing it and, 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 and like spewing hatred towards these journalists who are doing their job. And Carissa Thompson's comments only add fuel to this fire and she tried to take it back but she lied then in her instagram like okay are you telling the truth now because she said i've never made anything up before she she released this statement on friday on her instagram account and she's like i've never made anything up so are you lying now or are you lying then either way you're a liar She made up that she talked to him but i'm sure what she said it's like yeah you gotta stop the run it's like all right like, just get rid of the spot. We've done this now for 20, 30 years. What, all, any, any memorable sideline reporter thing is always a, a Joe Namath thing. Yes, or a, that was the first thing I thought of, too. Yeah, the first thing you think of. Yep. Think of what Joe Namath. Yep. You don't think of, oh, this, Christ, this coach. You think of Mike Leach talking about Halloween candy, for Christ's sake. Yes. You don't thought, oh my God, what a great question that was. What a great answer. I would have asked her, has there ever been a time when you talked to a coach and you thought, holy shit, that was a great answer. 
Oh my God, he said something I wasn't expecting. He said something that was insightful. I li- he said something that was surprising to me. The answer is no, no, and no. I like th- that they're able, like that they're on the field, so they're able to observe what's going on in the huddles and stuff. So if they hear something, they can report on that. I like that they can go in and report the injuries and and whatnot. They can add context to that. The coach stuff, I agree, because coaches are, you know, they're going to do coach speak. They don't do anything. But they have value in terms of observing what's going on on the field that the announcers and the analysts, that, that, that they don't, and maybe that the cameras don't see. So they're there taking it all in, and they're hearing things. That's great. I like that part. And if there's an injury, they follow up on that. So there is value in the sideline reporters, but it's some of the bits, like, coming out of the halftime that, yeah, you probably don't need. But there is value with that having them there and listening and hearing all of that stuff. I, if I was in charge, I'd get rid of them in that role. If you're going to be in that role, you're going to be like a Tony Saragusa where you're actually adding maybe something to the broadcast. What did Tony add, though? He added comedy. A little, but he's a former player. He's on the field. True, uh, true. An analyst on the field, he had what? Booger McFarland do that for a few years where he's down there, maybe get a different perspective. But those aren't really, they aren't sideline reporters. They're just analysts I, on the I field. Want the side, then I, I'm getting rid of the sideline reporter. And putting the sideline and analyst. An analyst on the field. Sure. Okay. That. I don't I don't need Tom Verducci in the goddamn dugout <laughs> talking to Royce Lewis. Boy, what was that pitch, Royce? What, what were you looking for there? Yeah. I was looking for this pitch. Great. Yeah, Ken Wilson. Having a great fucking season. By the way, I don't don't give a shit about it. Congrats to Royce Lewis. He got engaged over the weekend, I heard. So, uh, if you're going to have somebody in that position, I want them to be adding something. Because I, the injuries are nice to know. I don't need to know who's questionable and who, I can see who's in the blue tent. Like, there, there could be other people saying, hey, Josh Dobbs in the blue tent. Okay. We don't need somebody on the field to see that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a waste of a spot. It's a waste of a position. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's worthless and good for everybody else for stepping up and saying, yeah, this is stupid, this is wrong, but nothing's gonna happen. I'd be stunned if it is. Maybe am not, not, nothing's gonna happen. And if it does, it's like okay, she lost her job doing what? If it were if it were with any other company, I would say she she would probably already be fired or at the bare minimum suspended. But she is with Fox, and that's that's the that's the issue. And this will blow over, and next year we'll barely remember it. Like oh yeah, she made stuff up, and now she's all over the place. Yeah. What Aaron and Aaron Andrews said she did this, and I haven't heard any backlash with her, right? Right. Yeah, she said it too. I think now, but that she said it uh, in that I think that same podcast or whatever with Carissa Thompson. So, and are we to believe that probably they're not the only two that have ever done this? But now that that's what we're saying now probably that there's not. the distrust. There's the distrust in all of that. Now we don't know. I can't say for sure that that other. Um, people have done it because I don't know. I would like to believe that, that that everyone is truthful in what they're saying. And then if you know, if we do find out that they lied and were deceitful, then that trust is gone, and I don't want to hear from them anymore because your credibility but, is gone. But we've done this enough where it's like, yeah, just get rid of it. It doesn't add anything. We've, we've done this. There's 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 nothing there. There's a couple of them that I like. Like oh, he 
he or she's really good at this. They ask good questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe do that. So we only have a couple. We're going to, what, Fox has two of them for their big game of the week. You don't need two people on the sidewalk. That's right. right. I'm going up for the Super Bowl, maybe. You need this for. Well, Jay Feely's yeah. the special teams analyst for the Super Bowl for CBS. Who? Jay Feely. You know, kicking specialist. It's like, sure, Super Bowl, kicking, yeah, whatever. Like, and what is he going to tell you? Well, I watched him during warm-ups, and he did this. Great. What about it? Yep, exactly right. The wind and, oh, this, you got to draw and everything. Yeah. Again, give me something I don't know. You're the player. You played football for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Be, be the guys that I like. Be Tony Romo. Be, be this guy. Be that guy. Tell me something I don't know. What is happening here? Yeah, like the Vikings thing, yes, I can see or six, seven, eight guys at the line of scrimmage. You don't know who's going to come. Like, for some random person, you're like, yeah, that's okay. That's a good explanation of what is happening. You and me, we can see that. Say, yep, that's what they do. They put everybody at the line. Sometimes they blitz. Sometimes they don't. I'm sure it's difficult to, to decide what the hell they're going to do. All right. We, we, we understand. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's go to baseball uh, because – Awards have been announced here. I think all the awards have been announced, right? There's just four major awards that they announced. Or I guess are we waiting for gold gloves and the uh, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Oh, did the gold glove winners get announced? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, let's start with the rookie of the years. Corbin Carroll from uh, Arizona won the NL. Cy Young. Gunnar Henderson won the AL Rookie of the Year from Baltimore. Shouldn't be a surprise then that uh, Baltimore got Manager of the Year. With, uh, let me get him up here. Oh, boy. I just had him. Uh, yes, uh, Brandon Hyde, who I don't think anyone would be able to tell you the Orioles manager if he hadn't won it. You got Skip Shoemaker, manager of the of the Marlins, who won NL Manager of the Year. So that was good to see. And then Cy Young's Garrett Cole won the Cy Young for the from the Yankees, the American League. Uh, and Brent Snell won the... Uh, Blake. Blake Snell, excuse me. Blake Snell won it for the, the Padres. It's the second time that he has won the Cy Young, and he has won it now in each league because he won it with the Rays before. And then the and then the um, uh, MVP, Shohei Otani and uh, Ronald Acuna, unanimous MVPs. Uh, Otani for the Angels, uh, Acuna for the Braves. So uh, what – any, any – Quarrels, uh, any disagreements that you have with the award winners? It was pretty cut and dry. This year. There were no surprises. Everybody knew who was going to win. There was really no debate about anything, which is kind of rare. thought Mookie Betts maybe would have gotten more consideration for MVP, but Acuna, yeah, Acuna's good. Got the, the big stolen base numbers, big home run numbers. And Otani, and he's automatic MVP whenever he does that. So they probably won't win it next year because they're not going to pitch. But, yeah, he's he's. I mean, he, he's probably a Hall of Famer right now. If he died in a plane crash today, we'd probably put him in the Hall of Fame. Well, let's hope he doesn't. Uh, let's hope he doesn't do that. So, I mean, it's – yeah, Garrett Cole finally wins one. He's been good for a long time. Finally gets his uh, young – Sonny Gray finished second for the Twins. So, good year for him. Yeah, Cooney is great. Maltani, great. Blake Snell has never thrown a complete game. He has two more Cy Youngs than complete games in his career. That's impressive. Very impressive. Fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah, no, no real big surprises. 
let's Aaron, Aaron, Nola, Aaron Nola signed with the Phillies. Big seven-year and 172, right? Yep, now he got the first big money contract. He stays there. He's he's 30 years old. He was not very good this year. Do so I need to get we'll the see, we'll see how that Do I need to get the hot stove ready now, or do we have? Yeah, there, I mean, things have been happening slowly but surely. There was a who was it? The White Sox and the Braves had like a a very odd trade where Aaron Bummer, a reliever. Went to, I believe, they went went to Atlanta. Atlanta gave up like five players for them. They're not any good, but they gave up a bunch of players for this reliever. So it's a very, very odd trade. Okay, so I will get the DR wood splitter going, get this wood uh, chopping so we keep the hot stove hot uh, through the Thanksgiving holiday weekend and through the winter months, at least through the winter meetings. Yes. Um, very good. Um, yeah, Vegas, uh, they make it official. Oakland to Vegas again. With the athletics. So this year will be their last year in Oakland, I do believe. Can't wait for an empty ballpark in Vegas. Who's going to want to go to a Vegas ba- baseball uh, game in the summer? They've got a nice minor league park I think they're going to be in, which limit with limited capacity, which is good for them. So I'm excited for that. And this new ballpark, and like, and oh, don't move from Oakland. Like, no, move them from Oakland. Enough. No, no more, no more baseball in Oakland. Because, because they're they're all, they hate the owner because he would never spend money. Like, okay. Which I, I made sure I'm sure that's very complicated. But even when they were good, it's not like they had great support. Because you look at Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay Rays should move. Mm-hmm. But they're not. They're also getting a new stadium. Mm-hmm. And they've been unbelievably good for a long time now. And the attendance for those playoff games were an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And they're going to build a new stadium, and nothing's going to change. Same with the Marlins. Nothing's going to change. And sometimes it's not the money you spend. It's people don't care, especially in Florida. People don't care about professional sports in Florida. Get all of them out of there. Not what, what what fan? There's not a single fan base in Florida. Is there? Oh, they're pretty good. Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, uh, final. That's hockey. It's like other than that, there's not one I could point to. Oh yeah, they're they're pretty. Orlando Magic have yeah, great fans. Yeah, Miami. They're just rabbit fans. No. Yeah. So Miami Dolphins. No. University of Miami, no. Oh, God, no. Did you see that crowd for the Louisville-Miami game? Like, what, like, what is it? It's like they got good teams. Somebody's good. California like, doesn't what, have what, the issues. What about it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, the, Dod- the Dodgers get great crowds. Yep. Other nice weather spot. Like, the weather, yeah, the weather. I think the weather is awful in Florida. I, the humidity, like, yeah. That'd be the last one. That Louisiana would be the last I'd fucking move to. Right. Like, yeah, the, the, the beaches are still going to be there tomorrow, so, I mean, that's that's no excuse. Oh, the great weather, the beaches, the this, that, and there, they'll be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere, so. Agreed. Um, yeah, move, move them to Vegas, for Christ's sake, almighty, yes, please, Move. A um, lot of the holiday tournaments going on in college basketball. Anything uh, catching your attention this week? 
Breaking news, Kareem Jackson got suspended for four games without pay. Oh, really? Maybe he should have been suspended for the Vikings game. Maybe, Maybe they should have reduced in, his suspension. He was called and uh, he just came back. I was like, yeah, uh, enough. His suspension enough. was reduced. This was his first game back. It never should have been reduced. And uh, so the Vikings pay the price for him coming back. To hell with him. He could say hello to Art Bryles. I watched a lot of basketball this week, Zach, and I'm watching just a terrific game here between Wisconsin and Virginia. Which is, as you would imagine, what a fucking Wisconsin-Virginia game would look like. Mm-hmm. What did I watch? Um, the Bahamas, there was some stuff in the Bahamas we watched. The Maui Invitational's on right now. You got Purdue and Gonzaga. You could flip to that yeah, instead. And that just doesn't look right because they're at what? They're at Hawaii. Yes, they're, they're playing. Not they're, they're not at... They're they're playing at the University of Hawaii because of uh, the fires on Maui. We did that. Yeah, good game here. Purdue down early, trying to hang on here. I was we don't like Purdue. Um, there was I watched Wichita State. Well, let me get this. What the hell did I watch? Okay, in the Bahamas, it was Providence, Kansas State. That was a good game. That was 73-70 in overtime. Kansas State won that one. That was a good game. Um, there was games out in uh, see Vermont, the Myrtle Beach Invite. Mm, Vermont is looking good this year. It was Vermont and Liberty yesterday. That was a that was a really good game. Liberty won. Uh, Vermont got off to a big start, sixteen six, and then Liberty came back, and then Vermont had a lead, and then Liberty closed it out at the end. So yeah, Vermont Liberty probably two tournament teams. That was a good game in Myrtle Beach. So that was that was worthwhile. Uh, Liberty just beat the shit out of Wichita State there. Friday, um, Grand Canyon in San Francisco was a good game. That was in Arizona. That was 76-72 Grand Canyon. That was uh, tight throughout. So some good games here this past Did past you see, week. Did you see uh, Texas beat Louisville on a game-winning bucket? Did right. you know who, who made that game-winning bucket? Did you happen to see it? Max Aces. I thought he graduated. What is this, his eighth year in college basketball? He's out there. Fuck. Hey, come on. Texas just sucks at everything. Well, I just don't... I'm like, how is Max Aces still have any eligibility left? Very One more year. It's like, you know, Louisville can't beat anybody. Last year they were awful, and this year they appear to be better. But going out, they were a 17-point underdog in that game, and they had a lead in the final minute. And so that, I mean, Texas, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, boo-hoo to Texas. So that was disgusting and maddening all at the same time. So you got that, you know, my Invitational. Maybe probably got, I don't know, Tennessee-Kansas final, Purdue-Kansas final. Uh, Tennessee's going to play uh, Purdue here. I, that's, that's good. 
Tennessee's going to win that one. I watched the Champions Classic last week, and Kentucky really impressed me, and they were without two of their bigger guys. So um, I think Kentucky, starting to believe. I, I still like Kansas, um, Duke, and Michigan State. Like all, all four are good, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of a believer now in in Kentucky if they can play like that. All year long. I really hope SDSU can kind of turn the corner here. They should have beat uh, Central Florida on Sunday. They're currently beating George Mason. Uh, Duke, Michigan State was, at least first half was garbage. Yes. Like, dude, Duke's the only played Arizona. Like, I, you know, Duke's not doing it for me. Uh, yeah, Duke did lose to Arizona, so. I think Arizona's good. Down on Duke. Uh, U- USC. USC lost to UC Irvine by 10. The Anteaters, they might be good this year. And they won by 11 last night, but the game was tied with just over four minutes to go. No, USC almost lost to you last night. It's a color. It's It's what? Brown. Yes, Brown. I saw it. Brown. This game was tied with four and a half minutes left. They almost lost... Brown. Maybe Brown can be a factor in the Ivy League this year. This is ridiculous. Cornell's looking good, by the way. Cornell. So, a lot of, a lot of good uh, good basketball coming up here. Creighton, Creighton and Iowa, a lot of points in that one. What, a nine, what was it, a 9-15 tip-off local time? That was a bit uh, ridiculous. Yeah, that would be. Marquette got a good win at Illinois. Just maybe Marquette, Kansas. That'll be good. Can I? Can I? San Diego State and Washington played Sunday night. It was one hundred to ninety-seven in overtime. How does San Diego State even get to a hundred points? Wow, that's that's impressive. I think the best team is Connecticut. Yeah, there they look good well, again. The wings are people talking about Duke and Kentucky and Dallas and Kansas and Purdue. I think, you know, Connecticut showed me something last year at the tournament. I think Connecticut, that gets pretty good. My Buffs, my Buffs are off to a 3 0 start. Put up 106 versus Milwaukee. They got uh, they got Richmond uh, tonight, so. Hey, your Marquette squad, too, looking good as well. Yeah, Marquette. So Marquette doing good. Houston. Houston won some games over the weekend, so. A lot of basketball to be played, so that's that's good. It is. Anything else before we say so long? Are Perkins burned to the ground last week? That's not good. So no. So it's gonna be closed for a while. So Perkins burned down. Uh, we've had our Burger King close, our Hardee's is closed. What's going on in Mitchell? I don't know, we had a couple others close and there's been other couple of towns in South Dakota that have also had those. Fast food restaurants close as well. I never went there, but it's, you know, equal out of work and less food options, all that stuff. That's not good. That's not good no. at all. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Thankful that I'm able to do this podcast with you each and every week. Oh. And uh, what's the favorite food at the at the Crin's uh, Thanksgiving dinner? Like, nobody ever says turkey. And... 
you never really have turkey anytime else. This is the only year, the only time you buy a big turkey and put it in the oven. So I'm gonna say turkey. It's okay. Yeah, you you I mean, you know, I think it yeah, all depends man. on how you, it's prepared. Huh? I think it all depends on how it's prepared. I'm gonna go stuffing. I love stuffing. Stuffing, yeah, like all this other stuff, yeah. Yeah, in some form of another. Yeah, you usually don't have stuffing, but, but you have potatoes a lot. You got you know, green beans at some point. You know the the pies and desserts and, and whatnot, corn buns. You have these things throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But you never have turkey, and it tastes really good. If it's and as long as it's not too better dry. the next day, cool. Like, oh yeah, this turkey's even better the next day. So. Everybody has a side. Like, I'm going to go turkey. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the basketball and the football. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Charlie coming up here. Yes, Charlie will come, be coming up. All right. Got to ask him yeah. about how he turned $1 into $86. Yes, yeah, so his Vegas. Uh, ask him about his Vegas uh, trip. Good, good. Like a good trip. Yes, I, I, I certainly will. And uh, yeah, that, I will. Well, uh, by the way, have you seen this bit at Big Ball in Vegas? They had that race in Vegas. Yes, yeah, the F1. I didn't watch it because it was on at midnight, which is stupid. But uh, have you seen this, the, the Big Ball? The Orb, yeah. Yep. Boy, that looks just insane. It's apparently, I think James Dolan owns it or something. The hell? Yeah. Have you seen the you've seen the inside of it? It's, it fits. I don't know, eighteen thousand people, whatever. It looks. It's just, it does not look like a fun place to watch a concert. You're way up there, but whatever else they, I don't know what else they do or they show, but you've seen the scratch. It's massive. Just kind of engulfs you. Mm-hmm. For that, you'd want to be as maybe as high as possible, so you can take it in from all angles. But I'm like, holy buckets, what a what a concept that is. Right? I agree. This big massive ball and it looks like it looks real or they'll be inside when they put something on the screen. It's what a what a deal that is. It is. It is and Vegas just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's right. But have a great Thanksgiving, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Travis Grins joining me here on Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Very thankful for him and uh, and our uh, friendship and be able to do this great podcast for you. Uh, this podcast is available on podcast.com, archive.org, also on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Crins at uh, Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. We talked a lot about the NFL, college football, Carissa Thompson. Baseball awards, a lot that we got into. But we're going to talk more college football, and we're going to do our last edition of Bowl Bound or Not for the Year. How has it gotten to that point already? With Charlie Hildebrand. We haven't talked to him in a couple weeks. We'll talk about his Vegas trip and uh, what uh, what his uh, thoughts on are all on um, regarding the college football season thus far. That will come next here on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, the Thanksgiving edition. Charlie Hildebrand next to talk football, college football, that is. Here on the Sports Blog Podcast.
We continue here on this Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review and our resident college football expert. And now we'll cl- we'll claim him to be our Vegas expert now. None other than Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how's it going? Good. It's been a busy past few days. I feel like I've been from Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, Philadelphia, Atlanta, L.A. Um, it's not quite that much, but it's been a lot of traveling over the last Gone week. Gone from America to the Bills and wanted Well, yeah, I know the song you're and talking about. And that's as about. much as you can do without getting in copyright trouble. You get the limit. You yeah. went right up to the line, but you stopped short. Smart of you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, let's let's start with your Vegas trip. Tell us about it. Uh, I know you you won eighty six dollars. You put a dollar in and you won eighty six on a Mad Max Fury machine at the airport. So that was pretty cool. But but tell us about your trip uh, and and Iowa helped uh, net you some money if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. I uh, so me and a coworker of mine went to Las Vegas because a former coworker of ours uh, got married. And wanted to do it in Las Vegas. So we were in Las Vegas for, I think, five days, which was fun. Saw uh, Nate Bargatze, went to a comedian stand-up thing that he did, you know, fresh off an appearance on Saturday Night Live. That was fun and entertaining. There you go. Um, This is not to downplay anything he did, because he was good, and he was funny. I think everything he said in his SNL monologue was in... The stuff that we saw, just a lot of that got expanded on it instead of like eight minutes, you know, it was an hour. Right. Um, I think I netted about $90 gambling. I, uh, real quick, if anyone doesn't know, if you go to a sports book in Las Vegas and you bet $100, they take your $100. So then if you win, you get your money back plus whatever your winnings are. Your winnings aren't quite doubled. It's a little under doubled, and that's how they make money, is that they want an equal amount of money on both sides. That's why lines move. Sure. And so if you bet 100, you get your 100 back, and then you get, like, 90 or 95 back. So you're almost doubling your money, but okay. not quite. And then if you lose, they obviously keep everything. So that's how they try to guarantee that they make a little bit of money no matter what. But anyways... I bet uh, I think I bet 160 on the Iowa Rutgers under, and uh, oh, you sweat that one. So great the whole time <laughs> through, through three quarters. I think it was six to nothing through three quarters. Yeah, and then Iowa started scoring more. Uh, had the ball with a chance if they would have gotten a touchdown, it would have hit the over. But thankfully, you know, when they were at about the Rutgers ten or eight or so, they just took a knee on the last play to go home. Uh, it hit the under, so I think I got like 305 total nice. out of my 160 bet, which was fun. Um, I think I also lost about five years off my life over that last five minutes. <laughs> I heard some people that were like, hey, welcome to gambling. It's great, isn't it? I was like, no, I didn't enjoy that at all. Look <laughs> what you won. I was like, I know, and I feel relief, and I'm glad I won. I do not want to go through that again. No, that was not pleasant. Now I need another pair of underwear. This these ones are soiled. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I also lost sixty betting the Michigan Penn State under that day. Which ooh, what was that? Similarly, one, it felt. I don't remember what it was I'll at the it time. But the Iowa Rutgers one was twenty-seven and a half that I remember because at the time it was the lowest ever. Yep. Michigan and Penn State. It was like 
The other thing is that you can bet after the game start, the lines move. Oh, okay. And midway yep. through the first quarter, it was 0-0 in Michigan Penn State. And I was like, oh, they're not getting to 39 and a half or whatever it was. And, and it turned out whatever it was, it went over. So well, the over-under was, over, over was 44 and a half, and it was 20 That was at 15. the start of the game, but I, but I bet after it had already started. So it had started trickling down. Okay. And it was, I th- I'm thinking it was 38 and a half where I got it. Oh, and they got to 39. But if I would have bet at the start, I think I would have hit it. I would have won. But I didn't, and that was my fault. How was the rushing wedding? It was good. Uh, there was a mariachi band there, which I had never seen. I don't know if I'd ever seen a person before, let alone at a wedding. And, uh, I mean, they, they were good. And there was a point where I, I mean, I never got annoyed by them. I, I remember thinking, like, oh, are they just going to play the whole time? <laughs> but for food, they had street tacos and you had to go outside and get and That's where the mariachi band was. That so would make sense. It yeah. was also like, hey, they're outside. And if you want to hear them, you can go outside. And, you know, it's Las Vegas. So it was still in like the 50s then. So it wasn't like it was super cold. And if you didn't want to hear them, you could be inside. So I, it, it was nice. I don't know. It's probably. Like 100, 150 people at the reception, okay. I think. All right. Well, very good. But it was a good trip overall then, it sounds like. It was a good trip overall. It's worth noting that Las Vegas is not cheap. And <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm not broke or bankrupt by any means, but we'll probably have a few more nights in in the upcoming future just to uh, uh, refill my coffers, so to speak. But, but it was good, and I enjoyed, uh, I think, every second. Well, great. I'm glad you had a great trip. I'm glad you made a little money. Uh, sorry you lost a few years off of your life, but Iowa will do that to you. Maybe not yeah. next year with Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz gone. For sure, Brian Ferentz gone. Uh, I know then you've had a few busy days covering state championship games and whatnot. So uh, appreciate you coming back on the podcast here. And, I mean, I don't know. if Has there really been a whole lot that's gone on in college football the last couple of weeks? I mean, we haven't had any monumental nope, upsets. nothing at all with Michigan going on. Nothing well, going on with star quarterbacks in the ACC getting hurt or anything like that. Yeah, either. well, I mean, Michigan is, of course, the big story here. Uh, and I and, should give you credit. I underestimated that and thought no one would care, and I was wrong. You're basically right on everything on that. I mean, we could debate whether he should have got four or not, but he got he got three games and he got suspended for their two biggest games of the regular season, including their well, you know, yeah, rivalry well, with Ohio State that's arguably the biggest rivalry in the sport. Yep. Well, uh, let me ask you about that because last week, the like Michigan was all about, oh, we're going to take this to court and all this stuff. Like we we're going to fight for Harbaugh. And then more information kind of came out, and they fired their linebackers coach, and it sounded like he was tampering with evidence. There's apparently a booster that was paying for Connor Stallions to make all these trips and whatnot. And so Michigan was like, okay, we're just going to drop it here, and Harbaugh will take the three games. And I really think that the Big Ten looks foolish in this for only giving a three-game suspension to Harbaugh. I would imagine that there's going to be more penalties or punishments that are going to be levied against Harbaugh and the university by the NCAA if the Big Ten doesn't do any more, and I believe it, they won't because they've closed their investigation. But in light of all this new evidence, and 
if I again, I think the Big Ten looks very foolish in all of this for the the. I'm gonna I mean, maybe they've done more than I feel like a lot of conferences would have, and this is not me like trying to pat the Big Ten on the back by any means. Mm-hmm. But I think it, 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 this is an important clarification. I mean, like a big, good name brand school that's one of the important ones in the conference. I think any conference would have gladly brought the hammer down on the Northwesterns or Illinois or Wake Forest of the conference. Not one of your flagship schools. Easy to do. I don't think the SEC would have done it if it was Georgia or Alabama fighting for a playoff spot. I don't know if the Pac-12 would do anything. I don't know if anyone's even in charge of that right now. I think the Big 12 might have if it was Oklahoma or Texas because they're on the way out. Right. But I don't think they would for... Well, the Big 12 is different. They may have heard the other ones because I don't even know who's going to be the big school in the Big 12 going forward. Well, I just. But I don't. But you're sorry. You understand what I'm saying. Go ahead. Nope, I I do. It's just. It's it's almost like the Big 10 is like, oh, hey, we're taking this seriously. Here's a three game punishment or whatever. But it's really, like, meaningless in the grand scheme of things if Michigan goes. You know, undefeated, and again, that's a big if. You are losing him for your biggest game of the year against Ohio State. They didn't look good against Maryland, but I just think overall for the level of um, like just the, this whole scheme and you know the operations involved in all of this, three a three game suspension is just weak sauce when it comes to like again like the. The, the I mean, maybe you might be right, but I—I I mean, and I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. I don't know if we have a lot of precedent for this either. Right. I mean, there's always weird things with suspensions where you know, like, and I'm just comparing this to the NFL because it yep. seems like the NFL suspends people more. But where you know, it's like, hey, you were drunk driving, and you know, you hit somebody and they died, and you're suspended for four games. Yep. And it's like, and you smoked marijuana, so you are out for the year. And right. there's just always weird stuff like that, too. And, yep. no, and the only reason I say that is because I, I'm not saying nobody's ever been suspended for stealing signs in college football, but I can't think of anybody. Right. And and I know that the Big Ten doesn't want because they have a legit chance for one, maybe two schools to be in the college football playoffs. So you don't want to take that away and you know, all that money that comes into the conference then as a result of that. But at the same time, too... I think there's a lot of people out there, I'm among them, that don't want to see Michigan in the college football playoff. I don't want to see them win a national championship because anything they do will be tainted. And it's a, I think it's a bad look overall for the college football playoff in all of this if Michigan does get in and wins a game or has, a, has that shot at a national championship. I think, again, it's worth noting that prior to Stallions coming... Uh, over to Michigan, Michigan was like what 500 or a little below 500 during the COVID year, and then since Stallions has come in, they've lost what maybe four or five games, made two college football playoff appearances. So it to me, it's it's pretty. It seems pretty clear here when you know things started to change. And I get Michigan was good; they were knocking on the door prior to that. So it's not like this is a a one win team that's all of a sudden college football playoff contender year in and year out but to me it's you're just seeing a commonality over the years and I think at some point I don't 
I think the wins are going to be vacated. I think there is something that's going to happen from the NCAA, but that's going to take a really long time, multiple years. And the fans want some closure now because it's not like this is a, a six and five. If you want team. your closure, this is what your closure is going to be. Is that George is going to win the national title and that Jim Harbaugh is going to leave to go to the NFL after this year. I think that's as good as it's going to be until 2026 or so. Sure. And, but I think for college, for some college football fans, they don't want Michigan to even be in the college football playoff conversation. So it might not be. I don't know if they're going to beat Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, right. I think there are a lot of Ohio State fans this weekend, which is odd because Ohio State is normally the enemy and everyone wants Ohio State to lose. I think we're going to see a lot of people cheer for Ohio State because of everything that's going on with Michigan. Though, Michigan has a few more fans who maybe feel that they are being um, singled out for this you know, sign-stealing scandal or whatever. To me, though, I, I just... It, it it's it's a bad situation all the way around, and I'm really ticked off at like guys like Desmond Howard who are bitching and complaining about it. And it's like you know what, like, you guys clearly aren't looking at this uh, outside of your you know maize and blue uh, prism glasses. glasses. Yeah, so I I just it, it it's ridiculous to me this whole thing. Then, you know, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I, if they beat Ohio State, I don't think they're going to have a huge problem beating Iowa. No, no. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Ohio. I mean, we'll see. I, by no means was Michigan a beloved college football program five or ten years ago. I'm not trying to make that to yep. be the case. But yep. it is interesting how it's just been – everyone's been like, yep, one Penn State to win. Yep, one Ohio State to win. And that's uh, – who are also not beloved teams. Right. So like you said, it shows how many people are just like, nope, don't like them, want them to lose. Right. They're easy to root against. Now, let me ask you this. A, I, to me, if Washington and Oregon win this week, and I think Oregon is going to beat Oregon State, Washington escaped Corvallis with a win last week. Michael Penix Jr. did not play great, but there was some inclement weather there so it's a little understandable but they got a win against Oregon State and that was a big win because that Oregon State team is a very good team that's a very good win let's say that Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 uh championship game i believe i i, uh, I would take personally i would take a one loss Oregon or a one loss Washington team over a one loss Big Ten school, whether that be Michigan or Ohio State. As we, if that both of them, the winner and the no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Whichever one loses, the one of them. Yeah, I definitely agree that the one loss Pac-12 champ would get in over the Ohio State Michigan loser that didn't win the division. But I'm saying I would take that. I would take both of them over. I would take the runner. I would take Oregon and Washington in the college football playoff over whichever school loses this Saturday, whether that be Michigan or Ohio State. That's what I... I mean, it would depend to me, and this is also in your scenario, that only works if Oregon beats Washington. Because if Washington wins, there's no way Oregon's getting in with two losses. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oregon's got to beat Washington. I'm saying I would take both of those one-loss Pac-12 schools over 
the loser of Michigan Ohio State on Saturday. I'd probably agree. We may not get to that point. The more this goes, the more I think that there are not going to be any conferences getting to in because for all the bluster I've said over the years of like this always has teams lose. We're really running to the end here, and I mean, there there could be upsets. I'm not saying there can't be, but we're just starting to feel like I don't know. I don't know who's going to beat Florida. I mean, I suppose Louisville could beat Florida State in a conference title game, or you know, and I mean, I guess their quarterbacks out. They could lose to Florida too. But, well, right. We have you know, I don't. Florida State's getting in, whether their quarterbacks out for the year or not. If they're undefeated, they're getting in. There's no way around that. Yep. And that's a big if. I mean, and that we haven't seen the upsets yet. It feels like we're overdue for a big upset, something that will kind of shake uh, shake up the standings a bit. We haven't had that yet, but the biggest thing that happened last week was Jordan Travis going down for Florida State against North Alabama. It wasn't like he was playing against Clemson or Miami or UNC, any of these you know, rivalries. And they were struggling when he got hurt, too, yes, like they even were, before he did. Yeah, it was like 13 nothing, I think, North Alabama, or 13-10, something like that. So, so they were down two scores, I know. I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. So he, I mean, it was a, it's a, it was a bad injury. He's done for the year. It was senior night, so like his career at Florida State is done. Hopefully, he will be able to rehab and get a shot in the NFL. But where does this Florida State now to me is the is the most vulnerable out of all these college football playoff teams. You do have to play a rivalry game against Florida, who is going to be without Graham Mertz, who's got a collarbone injury. So I think they get by a, a struggling Gators team. But all of a sudden, you got this Louisville squad. That uh, goes to Miami, beats the Hurricanes, which everyone's doing lately. But in year one under Jeff Brom, they have one loss, albeit a bad loss to Pitt. I don't see Louisville being able to ascend all the way to the college football playoff because of that one loss is just so terrible. But I think Louisville can... Outside and, of chaos. Right. Yeah. I, I think Louisville can and will beat Florida State because Jordan Travis is not available there. I, I do think that's going to happen now. I mean, they might. They certainly are way more vulnerable now than they were. Um, I think, I don't even remember who went in to replace uh, Travis. I didn't see any of that game. I mean, I saw highlights as the games were going on, but wasn't watching that one. But, I mean, the upside is that at least it's not like, hey, you have to throw them out in the middle of the conference title game that you actually have, you know, two weeks to get them ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pulling up the guy's name right now, uh, and it is uh, let's get it here. Tate Roadmaker, Rotomaker. I was gonna have to make some Rotomakes to uh, get him to into the college football playoffs. There you go. Very good. Days. Yeah, I like that. Um, so that's that's a big blow to Florida State. Texas is still lurking in the weeds. They barely got by Iowa State, though, and they struggled with TCU. Uh, I think they need to win the Big 12 championship and then get some help. Uh, Alabama could be the real chaos makers in all of this. And, Grant, we we will be able to talk about these and preview these championship games more next week and make our predictions then. But just kind of looking ahead here, it's like, where is this chaos going to happen? Is it going to happen this week? Is it going to happen in championship uh, you know, week? Or it's worth noting, it? maybe it doesn't happen. Uh, I will yeah. give you something that someone brought up at work that's an interesting point. 
for like the last seven or eight years, it seems like it's always been, oh my God, what's going to happen with the playoff? All these teams are losing. And we've known who's going to win the Heisman the first week in November. Is it conversely that we know more or less what's going to happen with the playoff and it's the Heisman Trophy that has all the chaos? Yes. Of like, I don't know, is it going to be Bo Nix or is it going to be Jaden Daniels? Or who else is going to have a really big last two weeks in the regular season to make a late push here, tail? Yeah. Which is just to say that, I mean, I, I can't go back and pretend to remember every single year perfectly. Yep. But it seems like every year by this point, it was like, unless something really weird happens, we know who's, who's going to win it. And this is the first time in a while it's been like, I don't know, there's two guys that can win it, and there are a few guys who like are still within striking distance of making some moves here, too. I'm going to uh, no. I'm going to wait with my question until next week when we know for sure. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into the weeds here regarding the college football playoff discussion. Uh, but there is one thing I need to ask about um, Alabama and Texas next week. So please remind me of that. Um, Auburn was a. 20- I will go ahead and say if Texas or if S or if Texas wins out and Alabama wins out, I still think Texas gets that over Alabama. Okay, that was going to be my question. That was going to be my question. So, uh, answered that then, right then and there. Uh, Auburn was a 24.5 point favorite against New Mexico State, and they lost by three touchdowns. Yeah, well, that was bad. That was that was one that I saw in the bottom ticker and was like, oh, that must be a basketball score. There's no way that's right. And I was like, I should look this up to make sure. Oh, yep, that, that's what happened. How bad? Like, that's a that's a very bad loss. There is absolutely... It, it, it just... New Mexico State is one of the more pleasant surprises in college football this year. Jerry Kill's done a very good job. Remember, New Mexico State lost to Rutgers, or not to Rutgers, excuse me, UMass back in week zero in Las Cruces. I, I don't understand how Auburn's even gotten to six wins. How do you lose that game at home like that, not even be competitive, and now you have to go like play Alabama in the Iron Bowl? Good luck to you, Auburn. I don't think that game's going to go well for Auburn. I don't think this is one of the ones where it's like, oh, wow, huh. I guess they I guess they had a good effort. I, I think they may have a good effort, but they're still going to lose by five touchdowns and not four. This is rivalry week this week. What games, what rivalry games are you most um, excited for, anticipating? Uh, we have the Egg Bowl, Thanksgiving night. Uh, what do Iowa and Nebraska play for? Did they play for a broken chair? Is that what? Or... That was the Nebraska Minnesota one that technically wasn't ever official. Okay. Um, I believe Iowa and Nebraska is like the High V Heroes Trophy, oh. which is just like. I mean, I'm going to preface this by I don't have anything against High V. I certainly don't have anything against trophies. I do hate like the corporate let's have nice happy trophies because that's not what they're supposed to be about. They're supposed to be dumb and stupid and when you try to manufacture like let's announce who heroes are for each team it's like you're not understanding why teams do this and what makes it fun right but it also i don't know how well that over under is gonna go i think i would not be as confident of the nebraska iowa under hitting as rutgers and iowa only because it's possible nebraska turns it over six times and it's like, whoops, gave up two defensive touchdowns, and we lost 28-6, to six, which would easily hit the over in Nebraska and Iowa this year. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. But in terms of games I'm most excited about, the two that stick out off the top of my head 
are Ohio State, Michigan, for obvious reasons. That one's almost always interesting, mm-hmm. even when it looks lopsided. As far as I know, this is only the second time they're both undefeated going into that game, other than that 06 year where they were number one and number two and undefeated. Um, and then the other one, even though they're coming off, one of them's coming off a loss. I still think Oregon and Oregon State, a civil war. Because yep. Oregon's got to win if they want to have a shot at making uh, the college football playoff still. And obviously Oregon State's plenty good after almost beating Washington. And, you know, they do the dumb thing where they're like, hey, we can't play. I, actually, I don't know if they're scheduled to play again or not. They should keep playing each year. There's no reason they can't. But Well, Washington and Washington State this- are doing it now. They renewed the Apple Cup for at least five years, I would hope. Oregon State and Oregon would do the same thing. I know people are like, hey, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, you can do this. But, I mean, I don't fault the schools where the conference, like, you know, their in-state rivals are leaving. I don't fault them for being like, hey, you know, you're kind of taking this rivalry away because you're, you know, abandoning us. So I don't fault them necessarily for that. You should fault them because it's dumb. Well, okay. I mean, unless this is like a word Notre Dame and have 37 rivals, <laughs> where it's like, look, Oregon and Oregon State really only have each other. I mean, Oregon and Washington sort of is, but they're both going to be in the Big Ten. Yep. I'm assuming they're going to play each other every year anyways. Yes. And it's just like, look, you can, you can, you can have one game each year with your rival school. And I mean, like, I think it's dumb that Nebraska and Oklahoma don't play each year. I thought it was even dumber that Texas and Texas A&M refused to. It's like, you're in the same state. I mean, it's like the biggest game in the state. And they're like, nope, can't do it. It's like, I mean, you can. Like, this is all pretend money money here we're talking about. Missouri you can easily Kansas, do this. Weren't Missouri and Kansas big uh, rivals in the Big 12? Yeah, I think that was like, I mean... Not they were they they were and they hated each other. Usually they both weren't good, so it wasn't one that ever was a big time game nationally. But I think for a while that was like the oldest, longest running one until Missouri joined the SEC. And if it wasn't the longest running one, it was like within the top four or five. That game should always be played every year at Arrowhead Stadium. It just it should. That's. I would agree with that. They should. There's all sorts of these that they should do. And, you know, I thought conference realignment was fun when Nebraska joined the Big Ten. And, uh, go, or, well, it was 2010 when that all got announced and 2011 when it happened. Mm-hmm. And here 12 years later, I'm like, I wish none of this would happen because it's making things worse. I mean, they get more money, but I don't know if it makes games any better, though. Right. At what at what cost is it? has it made? You might be pocketing Yeah, the cost money, is but... that it's like, hey, guess what? You're in a new conference, and you get to play Rutgers. It's like, oh, well, that wasn't why we joined. We wanted other big games. It's like, nope, you get Rutgers and Maryland and Illinois. It's like, nope, I don't care about any of these. This actually isn't as much fun as I thought it was. Any other rivalry games that you're somewhat intrigued by? I'm, I'm stunned that Northwestern is bowl-bound. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that. I know you should win coach of the year, not just yeah. in the big 10 in the country. Well, and even though I know that usually it's like, no, we like to pick teams that are, you know, nine win teams where we thought they'd win five games. It's like, no, I don't think anyone thought Northwestern was going to win more than two games I didn't. and for them yeah. to get to six. Yeah. It, and, and, uh, now is it Braun that's got the new head coaching job? Like he, he's got the permanent job there. So that's, that's great. But that's a big rivalry there, the in-state rivalry with Illinois. Um, I mean, do we? 
if I could say, if I could ask you, what is one um, wild upset that has a chance of happening, like a, a somewhat decent chance of happening? Where do you look at? Do you look at Vanderbilt, Tennessee? Do you look at um, Arizona and Arizona State? Uh, the Apple Cup, like what? Where is that potential upset happening in a rivalry game? Uh, let me open and really quickly scroll through all the ranked matchups because I don't think we're going to care about you know like a three and eighteen beating up six and five team necessarily. Um, I let's see what else do we have here. I think I don't know if this would really count. They're both eight and three. I could definitely see NC State beating North Carolina, though. Yeah, I will give you two more. Yeah. One that I think could happen, probably won't, but could happen. And the other one is one that I think will be a close game and will be like, wow, is this going to be an upset? And then it will not be. And we'll be like, oh, duh, of course they did. And that one's Iowa and Nebraska. Is that I think Iowa and Nebraska will be a one-score game. And it'll be late. And it'll be like, uh-oh, is Nebraska going to beat Iowa and get to six wins? And then they will do something dumb at the end like they almost always do and lose and go five and seven. Um, the other one, um, and this is just because – I think it could be the fired coach. We're going to get kind of a bumpier thing. And I don't know if LSU has that much to play for. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see Texas a and beating LSU. With okay. like, but you know what? Jimbo's gone. Maybe we'll be better now. Actually, we're playing more loose now that we don't have this weird guy speaking gibberish at us all the time. And then they'll, you know, it's Texas A&M, so then they'll do something dumb. And well, they might even to their head coach or something like that. Jalen Daniels, this could, this is the game that he needs to cement his Heisman Trophy candidacy. This is his last chance. So, no, no conference title game for him. Um, there's a lot of talk made last week. A college game day was at James Madison. It was a phenomenal scene. I don't know if you saw any of it, but like it was just packed. It was super loud and just a great atmosphere. But last week, James Madison petitioned the NCAA uh, to, you know, be eligible for the Sun Belt Championship game and be bowl eligible, like a New Year's Six game and whatnot, because there's this ridiculous two-year transition and uh, from FCS to FBS. And while I agree the rule is dumb, I think it should be maybe one year that the the, the transition ban or period uh, takes place. JMU knew the rules. They knew what was going to happen going into this. I don't understand why everyone is all up in arms that JMU was denied this. They should have tried to do this during the offseason. Maybe they did and it just didn't work and they kept, you know, trying to reapply, you know, and, you know, put more pressure on the NCAA. But to do this in season when you're in the midst of a perfect season, I don't, like... The NCAA couldn't do this. I, I, the NCAA does a lot of dumb things, and a lot of people think this is dumb, denying James Madison. But I think you don't want to do it in season just in making an exception because JMU's having this great year. Again, they knew what the, the two-year transition period was when they initially made this step to FBS. 
If you want, I think they need to change it during the offseason. You can make it the JMU rule so that everyone moving forward doesn't have this long of a transition period. But JMU is not a special case. Every other school has had to do this. So I don't, I think JMU is in the wrong here. And I'm like, I, I disagree with everyone else who says, oh no, JMU is getting screwed here. And I think the ultimate bit of karma here is that they lost to Appalachian State in overtime to end any talk of a perfect season and they're like oh we're gonna be like full national champions like UCF was and all that stuff where do you stand on this whole situation Stackin, I'm really disappointed that you said all that because it takes away from my hot take of more or less agreed with what you were saying yes um I five years ago I would have thought the opposite thing so many teams keep joining the FBS some of which I don't think should I don't think we need to, I mean, we're at, uh, I think, 130 FBS teams now or something like that. 131, I don't I think, think we need that many. Yeah. The other big thing, and I mean, I've never specifically been told this, but I think the reason that they have that is so teams aren't like, hey, guess what? We have this great sophomore class. We're going to be good for the next three years. Let's move up for three years. And then go back and down. Then, and then we'll just go back down yep. when they're gone. Yep, I and think we're that's, not going to be good again. Yep, you can't, it's like so an escalator. Like you can't just go up for one year and then back down a level, you know, for like yeah. two years after it, that. I agree with that. Yep, I, I think that's a, a... And that's the whole point of having that is it's like you really have to think, do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of these schools, partially because the NCAA does other stuff dumb and isn't good at what they do, just think, oh, well, we'll just get lawyers and if we get lawyers we can get what we want and then we won't have to do this and i don't know that that's specifically what happened with james madison but it kind of seems like it because they just convinced themselves that the rules would not apply to them i'm i i feel so much better on my position here now that you kind of agree with that and i'm sorry i stole your thunder with it, no, it's okay. I won't hold it against you. Uh, and some you. of it might just me being slowly turning into a crusty old man now that I'm 37. Well, Travis, if is... I was 23, I 100 percent would have been like, "That's dumb. Why do they do that? Of course they should be in." Well, Travis disagrees with us, so there is. So I don't think you have to look at it as, "Oh, I'm getting to be an old, you know, crabby." Man or whatever, because Travis is, Travis is on the other side of that, and I like I don't no we're, we're He's not just younger in spirit than I am, I guess. Yes. which makes sense. Yep. So there we go. I, I, again, it's I think the rule needs to be changed. I think it, you could do it to a year because I mean in college basketball it's either like three or four year transition. It's just ridiculous. Um, I think that could be shortened down to two years for basketball. But, you know, for football, if you want to do two to one, I get where JMU is upset, but you knew this going in. And it, it you just just because you're undefeated doesn't mean you can cause a sink. And again, I think it's karma that they lost to Appalachian State, and now we have no more talk of this undefeated season. Um, before we get to bull bound or not, FCS uh, playoffs start this week. The field was announced on Sunday. SDSU, to no one's surprise, is the number one overall seed. Uh, uh, what do we got here? Montana's the two seed. USD is the three seed. The Valley got six teams in. Um, F, uh, SDSU's run to the to Frisco is should is about as easy as it could possibly get. Idaho is a potential uh, opponent in the semifinals. 
And Jason is Jason Eck, yeah, the former offensive coordinator for SDSU, head coach at Idaho now. So that could be a chal- a bit of a challenge, but as SDSU is just so good, I think they would win that one. Um, what what do you think of what did you think of the uh, the, the what do you think of the bracket and SDSU's chances overall? Because regardless if you're playing Montana, I think you know USD should get bounced pretty early here. It seems like. SDSU is destined to make it to Frisco, and then it's just a matter of who they're going to play. I like the bracket. I don't have any big problems with it. Um, I think, obviously, South Dakota State's incredibly good. We both underrated them. I don't think either of us thought they were going to get through the regular season on skate. And multiple times, we're like, oh, man, this game against Youngstown's going to be tough, and then they just murdered Youngstown State. I think we're all waiting Um, for a letdown, and it never happened. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's impressive what they've done this year. Um, I think uh, it would be hilarious if Butler, I think Butler plays North Dakota State in the first round. They do, uh, that's, yes. Yep. Yeah, Butler, which does not have scholarships. It would be hilarious if Butler won. I don't think that they're going to. The same Butler that lost to NAIA Northwestern College earlier this year. Mm-hmm. It is worth noting that Northwestern College is the defending NAIA national champs and it's undefeated at number one. Uh, seed in the NAIA playoffs, so like they're really good, but they are an NAIA team compared to a Division One team. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, what else was I going to say? There was one other thing I was going to say, and I'm blanking on what it was. But I know big picture. I mean, you certainly love that South Dakota State's played all its games at home again, and you know, playing uh, Idaho. Or I forget, is it who's the eight seed they're most likely to play in the? With uh, the, or not the first round. V- Villanova, first Villanova, I think is the. That's eighth right, season. Villanova. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Would you have like that matchup, and then most likely Idaho in the in the, in semis. the semifinals, yeah. like that matchup too. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. And I think you know the one quadrant that North Dakota State's in is the most difficult one because USD is in there. Uh, Montana State, Montana, like that is a that's a very difficult. Yeah, that's a re- that is a real murderer's row there. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out of there because I still think Montana State uh, can emerge, you know, from that from that side, and I think they could beat Montana and get there. They haven't to this point, but I mean, it's it's certainly possible. I think at this point, I'm not going to put it past them. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think you know, for SDSU, it, it's about as easy of a road as you could possibly get to go yeah. to Frisco. Yeah, not not easy, but as easy as you could realistically hope it would be as a one seed. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know. I'm not. I mean, even though I got back from Las Vegas, I'm not a Vegas odds expert. I would imagine they'd probably be a touchdown favorite over everyone they play through the semifinals, if not more than that. Right. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Well. It's unfortunately that time of the year where we are to our last edition of Bullbound or Not. Um, can't believe we're already to that point of the college football season. But uh, shall we play? Are you ready? We got a lot of teams to get through here. Um, yep, let's go. All right. I mean, we, we. I guess I don't have to pull up my computer because you can just literally tell me the only team that they play left. That's exactly right. I don't right. have to look and think hard. I only have to think about if they can beat one team. That's exactly right. Uh, Austin and Texas, big fan of 
the program saying, wish you guys would have done this more this year, but uh, happy that it's back. Glad Charlie is back from Vegas and can play this game. And yeah, I share that sentiment with you, Austin. We'll we'll try and get to it more next year. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi, always uh, enjoys this. And uh, I mean, we, we just appreciate everyone who uh, reaches out to us because this game, like I said, has swept the nation uh, for multiple years now, and it's it's popular across the globe for college football fans. So, without further ado... The most popular thing outside of Taylor Swift in the United States. Oh, yes. Yes, I, I agree. I, it's a great point that you bring up. So, let's get to it here. And maybe Taylor Swift likes it, too. We don't know. We should ask her and Travis Kelsey. I mean, she hasn't accepted the Facebook friend request from the sports block, but... But she hasn't not accepted it either. It's still waiting, so you never know. It is, yep, it's out there. Until she says no, we can only hope. Um, which, by the way, I, I had a weird dream with Taylor Swift, and Travis was in it, too, the other night. It was really weird. I didn't mention this. Travis Krenz or Travis Kelsey? Yeah, Travis Krenz. It was, it was weird. With, yeah, then Taylor Swift. Funny how that works with dreams a lot of times, that they're kind of weird and goofy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was messed up. I probably need to talk to a therapist. But anyway... Uh, begins here Tuesday night. We have five and six Eastern Michigan at three and eight Buffalo. Seven thirty p.m. Eastern, six thirty p.m. Central Time on ESPN two. Buffalo is a six and a half point favorite despite being three and eight. Charlie, is Eastern Michigan bull bound or not? Eastern Michigan not going. They're going to struggle on the road. They lose by ten points. Okay, Buffalo covers. Let's go Thanksgiving, the Egg Bowl, 9-2 Ole Miss at 5-6 Mississippi State. Ole Miss is a 10.5-point favorite, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, is Mississippi State bull-bound or not? Unfortunately, no. I'd love it if they were, but I, I don't think this is going to be one of the Egg Bowls for the ages. I think it's going to be an Ole Miss multi-score win. Okay. Let's go to Friday's games then. Uh, we have 5-6 TCU. At number 14, Oklahoma, Oklahoma 9-2, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on Fox, OU is a 10.5-point favorite. Charlie is TCU, national champion runner-ups from last year. They bull-bound or not? They are not. They're going to lose, and that loss to Colorado the first game of the year is going to haunt them the entire offseason. By the way, I love seeing Colorado just get spanked the way they... They have been a losing seven of eight. Things have not gone well for Colorado since we talked last. Oh, I, 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 I mean, they weren't going great before, you know, we had talked last also, but they just they keep falling off the cliff. Yeah. Off the boulder, as we could say. So ah, you know, very good. Cliff. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a rolling boulder, too. Uh, nine. So number 16th ranked Iowa, 9-2, and two, at 5-6 and six, Nebraska, noon Eastern on Friday, 11 a.m. Central Time on CBS. Nebraska is a two-point favorite. Charlie's Nebraska bull bound or not? God, I really hope they are. They haven't been to a bowl game since 2016, but I'm gonna go uh, with history on my side of recent history, at least, and say unfortunately, no. That Nebraska, much like last week and the week before, finds the dumbest, most painful way to lose. I hope for your sake and Cornhusker fans' sakes all across the country that Nebraska beats Iowa and gets to bowl eligibility. Two to nothing, and all those Nebraska and Iowa fans that bet the under get their money too. There we go. Everyone's happy all the way around. 
Uh, 10-1 Toledo at 5-6 Central Michigan. Central Michigan has been involved in the Connor Stallions case. Uh, Jim McElwain, former Florida head coach, is the head coach at Central Michigan. Toledo's a 10.5 point favorite. This game's at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central time on ESPNU again on Friday. Uh, Charlie, Central Michigan, bullbound or not? Another MAC team from Michigan. Nope, they're going to lose handily too. And at some point, I'm going to pick a five and six team to win, but I have not done that yet. They're not going to win. Okay, I should mention here. I believe there's 15 spots. I'm going to get this here while uh, while I give you this next game here. Uh, five and six Utah State at four and seven New Mexico. 3:30 p.m. Eastern, 2:30 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Utah State is an eight point favorite. So uh, Utah State are they bull bound or not? I think that Utah State is. That's the first time I'm saying yes. They're getting the win. They're beating the Lobos. They're going to a bowl game. All right. Very good. I'm uh, going through it. But I believe at last count, I think there's 15 spots left. I'll, I'll confirm that, though, here at the end of this here. So you have you have let's keep track of how many five-win teams you have. You have one five-win team. Uh, so far, I've got one. Yes, getting the bowl eligibility here. I have fingers and toes. I will be using those to count with because right. I don't think I'm going to get to 20. Let's go to Saturday's games then, and we will start with uh, – let, let's start with – my uh, Gophers, Marcus's Gophers, six and five Wisconsin at five and six Minnesota. It's been a rough year for Gopher fans. Um, granted, they've had a very difficult schedule, but they've lost some games that they shouldn't have lost, like Illinois and Northwestern. Three thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty p.m. Central Time on FS1. Wisconsin's a two-point favorite. Charlie is Minnesota bullbound or not? I don't know why. I just got a feeling Wisconsin didn't look very good against Nebraska, even though Minnesota's not look good either at times. I think Minnesota wins a classic November Big Ten West super gross game, like 19-16. to There will be weird things of going for two or miss BATs to make the score weird. All right. Minnesota wins, though. They go to a bowl game. Okay, very good. Uh, my Hokies, 5-6 and six at 3-8 and eight Virginia, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. Virginia Tech, a three-point favorite. Charlie, is Virginia Tech bullbound or not? Lucky for you, Stacking, you're rolling sevens again. Virginia Tech's winning by, I'm going to say that not like by 30. They're going to cover the three now. So Virginia Tech's also going bowling. All right, very good. I like to hear that. Let's go then to, uh, we're scrolling through here. How about UCF, the Knights? Disappointing year for them. First year in the Big 12. They host fellow first-year first, first year Big 12 member Houston. Uh, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on FS1. Houston's 4-7. and seven, UCF's 5-6. and six, UCF, 13.5-point favorite. Charlie, is UCF bullbound or not? I was originally going to say yes, but they've had a disappointing year, and I think for whatever reason it continues. And UCF loses in a game they shouldn't lose. No bowl game for Central Florida. Okay. All right. Very upset. good. I mean, upset when both teams have a losing record, but upset nonetheless. Right. Now, Navy has two games left. They play at SMU, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. They also play against Army here in a few weeks. Army has five wins as well. So, Charlie, I'm gonna, it's a double. It's a twofer here. Is Navy bullbound or not? 
Or is Army Bullbound or not? Or are they both? Well, I guess it could be neither. Navy, no. Army, yes. Okay. All right. So Army's going to get the win over Army, Navy. Navy will lose their final yep. two games then. Um, by the way, I counted here. I believe we have 60 spots, and that would mean 24 spots left. I think we have 84 bowl games. Or not, 84 teams are, that can make it to a bowl game this year, 82 or 84. So um, we have a number. So we have two, you, you, you no, three spots, uh, four spots. Have we, have we filled four spots with five win teams? Based off my fingers, we have filled four spots okay. so far. That's what I thought. Uh, five and six, Northern Illinois at one and ten, Kent State. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus, Northern Illinois. 19-point favorites. Uh, Charlie, is Northern Illinois bullbound or not? There's nothing like playing a one-win team in your 12th game. Uh, yes, I'm going to say Northern Illinois wins handily. They're going bowling. That's now five teams I've got. All right, very good. 4-7 and seven, Florida Atlantic at 5-6 and six, Rice. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. Rice is a five-point favorite. Rice hasn't been to a bowl game in forever. Charlie, is Rice bullbound or not? Rice is. They're getting it done. I don't know if it's going to be minute rice cooked in the microwave or not. <laughs> they're winning, though, especially because they're playing at home. That's six. All right. Very good. Uh, Dino Babers was just fired from Syracuse amid another slide. They are 5-6. and six. They host 4-7 and seven Wake Forest, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on the CW Network. Syracuse is a three-point favorite. Charlie, is Syracuse bullbound or not? Sometimes there's the fired coach bump. I don't think this is the case. I think everyone like Dino. They're going to play worse without him. Wake Forest wins. Okay. No bowl game for Syracuse. All right. Still I mean, like... I suppose they could maybe get in as a 5-17, and seven team, but not not with six wins. Okay, so we're still at six then here. For six five-win teams getting that bowl eligibility spot. Old Dominion's 5-6. and six. They host 6-5 and five Georgia State, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. ODU is a three-point favorite. Charlie, is Old Dominion bullbound or not? Big game for the Monarchs. They're going to score late to win by four. They're going to be down three, not playing for the tie. They get the win. Old and Dominion's the, going to a bowl game. And the cover, too. So that's good. Good news all the way around for Monarch fans. That's seven, then, I think we have. How about two and nine University of Louisiana Monroe at five and six Louisiana? Three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus. Louisiana is a thirteen-point favorite. Charlie is. Are the Raging Cajuns bullbound or not? That's the Raging all the way to a bowl game. They're winning. That's all right. eight. All right, very good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, five and six BYU first year in the Big Twelve hasn't been great for them. They go to eight and three Oklahoma State. Three thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty p.m. Central Time on ABC. Oklahoma State is a seventeen point favorite. Charlie is BYU bullbound or not? Oklahoma State's been weird at times, and whenever you think you figured them out, they either beat someone they shouldn't or lose to someone they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that I would not be stunned if this is a close game. In fact, I, I think BYU will cover, but I think Oklahoma State wins. Okay. So no, no bowl game for BYU. All right, six and five Northwestern. We talked about them a little bit earlier. At five and six Illinois, somehow Illinois is see, uh, getting close to bowl eligibility. Three thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty p.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. Illinois is a five and a half point favorite. Charlie is Illinois bowl bound or not? 
Illinois has way more to play for. They should definitely win. But weird things happen. They're not going to. Northwestern beats so. them. All right. Very good. Still at eight then. How about uh, six and five Arkansas State? One of the pleasant surprises here. What Butch Jones, I believe, is at Arkansas State. They're at five and six. Marshall, three thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus. Marshall's a one and a half point favorite. So Charlie, is Marshall bullbound or not? Thundering herd playing at home. Thunder their way to a bowl game. They're getting in. All they right. win. Very good. Number nine. How about do we get to ten here? Five and six. Washington State at number five. Washington. Washington eleven and zero. Four p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Central Time on Fox. Washington is a 16.5-point favorite. Charlie, does Washington State shock the world and beat Washington and get to bowl eligibility? For 89% of the game, they will. But late, Washington's going to score. Going to be the cardiac Huskies. They've kind of been at times. So they, they make it close, but no no bowl game for Washington. Washington win. Or no bowl game for Washington State. The Huskies win late. All right. Number four, Florida State. No more Jordan Travis out with that terrible knee injury. They're at they're eleven and zero. They're at five and six. Florida. No Graham Mertz who out with a collarbone injury. Seven p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Central time on ESPN. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite. Charlie is Florida bull bound or not? No, because I don't think they're going to win. Quarterback or no quarterback, I think Florida State's still better and is better coached, and they find a way to win. It may be a. Uh, Art Bryles, Baylor, we're down to our fifth-string quarterback, so we're only going to run it, and it's going to be 68 runs, but they're going to Florida State finds a way to win. All right. 7-4, Clemson. Uh, Ty, Tyler, or, uh, wait, wait, wait. Tyler is uh, he's, he's responsible for Clemson's recent resurgence here. They're at 5-6, and six, South Carolina. South Carolina, by the way, has beaten Clemson. What, the last one, or la- last year for sure, I know they won last year. I don't remember the year before that. Well, either way, uh, uh, South Carolina's 5-6, seeking bowl eligibility, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. Clemson's a seven-point favorite. Charlie, is South Carolina bowl-bound or not? Nope, no bowl game for South Carolina. They can't get lightning to strike in a bottle twice in consecutive years. Clemson wins. All right. Charlotte, 3-8. They're at South Florida, who's 5-6, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU. South Florida is a six-point favorite. Charlie, is South Florida bull-bound or not? Bulls are bull-bound. Yep, they win. All right. That, I believe, is number 10, then, that we have gotten to. Uh, 5-6 California at 7-4 UCLA, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, Charlie is Cal bull bound or not? I think they are. US or UCLA beat USC. They're not going to be nearly as excited to turn around and play Cal the next week. Cal finds a way to win in a weird game that somehow flies under the radar. But Cal six and six bull game. All right, and then finally five and six Colorado State at four and eight Hawaii, eleven p.m. Eastern, ten p.m. Central Time. Colorado State is a six-point favorite. Charlie, is Colorado State bull-bound or not? Road game at Hawaii to close the season? Mm-hmm. Nope. Those uh, those hometown referees are going to have all the weird calls late. Colorado State's not winning this game. Oh, Colorado oh, State wouldn't. Colorado State's not beating, you know. They're, they're, they're not beating Drake in, in Hawaii if it's the Hawaii refs that have decided that they uh, want the hometown team to win. Well, that wouldn't be good. Um... 
but it, it's a possibility, I guess. So Colorado State, no. So what? We got eleven teams in. Then eleven yep. five win teams getting in, getting yep. their sixth win of the of the year this week. Yep, I had eleven of team. Yeah, five win teams. I had eleven of them winning. All right, and by my count here, we have forty one bowl games here. So that's eighty two teams. I did a quick count. I'm going to recount again here quick, um, but I believe we were at 60. So by that measure, we have 71 teams, and we need 82. So 11 five-win teams could be uh, could be going to a bowl game this year. And But really, it's 10 because James Madison would fit that bill uh, because they can get a, they can go to a bowl game, I believe, if there are not enough 6-6 six and six teams to fill the to fill those bowl spots, so James Madison would get into a bowl game should that scenario play out. See what are they complaining about? They're getting just what they want, more or less. Right. Let's see here. Forty. I mean, they weren't going to the playoff anyways this year, so. But they could have been UCF. I think that's whatever they were bitching about. I mean, maybe. Uh, they weren't that 20-whatever year that was. That 2017 UCF team was way better than James Madison this year. Oh, I would agree that's with that. That's not to knock James Madison. I mean, they're fine. I think, you know, they could beat a a decent SEC or Big Ten team. I don't think they would have beat the uh, 8th or 10th ranked Auburn team or whatever Auburn was ranked that UCF beat. Very true. And besides, uh, they should be happy. That. I mean, nothing good happened to UCF after that. I mean, I, I realized that UCF still was good the next year. But didn't win that game, didn't finish undefeated. Scott Frost left. Everything bad happened with Scott Frost. Mackenzie Milton, their quarterback, got hurt bad and then went to Florida State and didn't play much there. I mean, I'm painting with broad strokes, and this isn't 100% accurate. But, you know, winning that game, certainly it wasn't like UCF went where they fought from there. So be careful what you wish for, James Madison. It's a real monkey boss situation. Exactly right. Um, I did another, and I got to 69 teams, so I don't know where I missed nine previously. Regardless, we are we are underfilled here, so we will need to fill in with some five and seven teams. So there are teams that will be, you know, pulling a Rutgers from a couple years ago, so there's still hope for teams like Nebraska and Minnesota, should they not win, Virginia Tech, but... We'll see how it all boils down. Anything else we need to get to here before we say so long? Um, sure, just for fun. We don't have to go long on this. Right now, who would you have as your Heisman Trophy winner? Or do you want me to go first? I I, I want to go Jalen Daniels from LSU, but the three losses is so challenging. Um that's basically what I thought I would go with Bo Nix right now. Because their only yeah. loss, it's not like they lost because Bo Nix played bad. Bo Nix played well at Washington and has played very well since then, too. And they only have one loss. I mean, if if, if Washington or if, yeah, if Oregon doesn't win the Pac 12, Bo Nix isn't going to win it. But I think if he does, Bo Nix would be my pick. I would. <sighs> I, I almost want to say Marvin Harrison Jr. because he, I mean, I'd be okay with that. I don't think that would be a bad pick. I mean, that's the interesting thing this year. It feels like there's more good choices this year than most years. I don't feel like Michael Penix has played his way um, 
to yeah, he has he just hasn't. He played. was the leader in the clubhouse a month ago, but yes. has not taken the reins like he should have if he wanted to win it. Exactly right. And so, granted, he's not going to care if they make the playoff. I mean, he's not going to care about the Heisman if they have a shot to win the national title, really. But so we'll have a chance. And, and you know, and quite frankly, if they play, if he plays great against Washington State and beats Oregon, he might play himself back into winning it, anyways. Mm-hmm. Very well, could so. That would that would be my answer, um, I guess. I would say Marvin Harrison Jr., but I really like the Bo Nix pick. Yeah, and that's one thing I like is that there are two games left. I mean, most teams have one game left if you all have two, and we still probably have four guys, maybe five, that you could be like, yeah, they could do things to get the, a real spot to win it, not just like yeah, make it to New York and maybe they finish fifth. But like, yeah, this guy could still win it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fascinating. It really is, uh, and we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see how rivalry week plays out, and then we'll be here to talk about it all for championship week. Uh, before I let you go, Thanksgiving here this week. Uh, thankful that uh, you know that you come on to this podcast uh, you know, during oh, college football you. season and and join me here. We we talk a lot of good stuff about college football. But what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? I think if I can include, like, two things, I don't know if that counts, but if I can put mashed potatoes and gravy together, yes, yep. if I can do that, I would say that's my favorite, the combination of mashed potatoes and gravy. That's that's absolutely acceptable. So I yeah. think that's a great... It's not, it's not the flashy, you know, to go to a Mike and Mike Sports Center commercial yes, like you yep. probably remember from years ago. Yep. It's not as flashy as the receiver, but that's like the solid, you know... Offensive lineman or linebacker that's going to start for the next decade for you. And you'll be like, nope, that's good to go. That's a safe pick. We don't have to worry about that for a long time now. I like it. I like it a lot. For me, I would go stuffing. I really like That's a good – I mean, I thought about stuffing too. Stuffing's a good choice also. Can't go wrong with Thanksgiving. Food, family, football, and not necessarily in that order. That's, that's right. Well, Charlie, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, my friend. Uh, enjoy the weekend of college football. Good luck to your Huskers. And we'll uh, be hopefully be able to chat next week to preview championship uh, week. It should be a fun week of college football this week and next week. Yep. Thanks, Tarkin, and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Talk to you later. Sounds good. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join me here. We play bull bound or not. We we talked a lot of college football here. Great stuff, as always. And that will, uh, well, you know what? We're almost done uh, with this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We're going to wrap up uh, talking about recapping week 11 in the NFL and make some early picks for week 12. So that is coming up here uh, as we wrap up this Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Follow Charlie on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. Again, link to the podcast posted middle to later part each week. Uh, on you, know, you can find it on podcast.com, archive.org, or iTunes. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack. Uh, wrapping up the podcast with a look back at week 11 in the NFL and make some picks for week 12. That's next as we roll on with this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We are going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast as we always do. We'll look back at the previous week in the NFL and make some early picks for the following week. So it began Thursday night. Uh, AFC North showdown. The, the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing really good football here as of late. Uh, they go into Baltimore and 
a terrible injury suffered for the Ravens with tight end Mark Andrews on a hip uh, drop tackle by Logan Wilson uh, for the Bengals. It's not a malicious hit. It doesn't need to be outlawed. I don't know what you expect defenses to do, but he went out early, and that wasn't even the biggest injury of the game because Joe Burrow, the Bengals' starting quarterback, had to leave the game with a sprained wrist or with a wrist injury, and he is now out for the year, and that is a significant blow to the Bengals. Uh, they will ride with Jake Browning, and ultimately the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20. to Let's go to Sunday's games now. Dallas Cowboys uh, maybe could have overlooked the Carolina Panthers. They didn't. Deron Bland gets his fifth pick six of the year. Fourth pick six of the year, excuse me. Dak Prescott had a couple passing touchdowns. Cowboys roll over the Panthers 33-10. to Defensive battle in Cleveland. The dog pound was riled up between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Dorian Thompson Robinson getting the start for the Browns, the rookie quarterback, and he outdueled Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. The Steelers get outgained once again. Browns drive down the field late, get a Dustin Hopkins field goal, and they win 13 to 10 over Pittsburgh. They improved to seven and three on the year. Chicago Bears absolutely gave one away against the Detroit Lions. They were up 26-14 with like five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They had picked off Jared Goff three times They and had forced four turnovers. They were playing great. Justin Fields had over 100 yards rushing, and yet Jared Goff led the Lions down the field, scoring back-to-back touchdowns, and the Lions prevail 31-26. It's a game that absolutely Chicago choked away. The Green Bay Packers beat the LA Chargers 23-20 thanks to 322 passing yards and two touchdowns by quarterback Jordan Love. Justin Herbert had a a number of very good passes that were dropped by his wide receivers like Quinton Johnston and Keenan Allen had a big drop. The defense couldn't save him either and then Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, had a little bit of a meltdown. Uh, with one of the reporters after the game. It's not a good situation for the Chargers, but the Packers get the win. Texans improved to 6-4 with a 21-16 win over the Arizona Cardinals. C.J. Stroud threw for 259 yards in the first half. He did throw three interceptions in this game, but the Houston Texans do hang on to beat Kyler Murray and the Cardinals 21-16. Trevor Lawrence had himself a day. The Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback had two passing touchdowns, both to Calvin Ridley and two rushing touchdowns. Jaguars roll over the Titans 34-14. Only highlight in this one for the Titans was uh, defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons catching a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Dolphins beat the Raiders 20-13, handing interim head coach Antonio Pierce his first loss. Uh... For the Raiders, this was not a clean game offensively for the Miami Dolphins. Tua was struggling. They missed a field goal. Uh, Tyreek Hill had 10 catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. So he was great in this one. Uh, Thank goodness they were playing Aiden O'Connell, I guess. Uh, So not a clean game for the Dolphins, but they do get the 20-13 win. I don't know what it is, but Saquon Barkley just loves playing the Washington Commanders. New York Giants uh, running back had two receiving touchdowns and had over 130 total yards from scrimmage as the Giants beat Washington 31-19. Tommy DeVito had three passing touchdowns in this one for the Giants. He was sacked like nine times, but the Giants forced four or five Washington turnovers, including a pick six at the end to seal the deal. Giants get the win. Uh, Bad loss for Washington. 
San Francisco 49ers, how about Brock Purdy? A perfect passer rating of 158.3. He was 21 to 25 for 333 and three touchdowns. 49ers beat the Buccaneers 27 to 14. Buffalo Bills had to have this game against the New York Jets, and they got it. They had a great day offensively, and the Jets just hapless on offense all game long. And Zach Wilson ended up getting yanked in this one. He has now been benched subsequently for his poor play. They'll go with Tim Boyle, but the Bills win 32-6. LA Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks 17-16. Seattle was in full control of this game, but they had to settle for field goals rather than touchdowns, which ultimately proved costly. Geno Smith had to leave this game after banging his elbow against a helmet, and the Rams were able to come back, kick a game-winning field goal. Then Jason Myers for Seattle, after Geno Smith came back in, hit DK Metcalf on a big pass, uh, had a chance at a 55-yard field goal, and missed, and the Rams got the 17-16 win. Denver Broncos beat the Minnesota Vikings 21-20. You know it by now. Russell Wilson leads the Broncos on another game-winning touchdown late to beat the Vikings. Uh, it's what Russell does, not just beating the Vikings, but these game-winning drives. He's now had 39 of them in his career. The Vikings had three turnovers in this one. You can't have that happen. Uh, momentum really swung when Madison, Alexander Madison fumbled that ball in the third quarter with the Vikings up 17-9 and driving for either another touchdown to go up by 15 or a field goal that would have put them up by two scores. Uh, tough loss there for the Vikings that snapped a five-game losing streak. Broncos now have the longest active win streak in the NFL at four. And then Monday Night Football, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Kansas City Chiefs 21-17. Too many mistakes by the Chiefs in this one. Uh, multiple turnovers in the red zone. Two two turnovers, a, a Mahomes interception and a Kelsey fumble. Can't have that happen. Um, they had a, plenty of drops, including um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who dropped a surefire touchdown late in the game that would have given the Chiefs the lead and potentially the win. Uh, Eagles give them credit. They won this game. Jason Kelsey beats Travis Kelsey for the first time in his career, but uh, this was definitely a game that the Kansas City Chiefs lost. And let's go now to Week 12, Turkey Day triple header uh, this Thanksgiving, as it always is. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Fox. I... Detroit probably was awakened by what Chicago did. I think Green Bay is going to fight in this one. Jordan Love could have a pretty decent game, but I like the Lions to get the win. Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. No reason to, uh, to, to try and talk yourself into Washington. They aren't going to do it. Dallas playing too good right now. I like the Cowboys to win big against Washington. San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Don't know if Geno Smith's going to play for Seattle in this one. I don't think it's going to matter. San Francisco seems to have found their rhythm once again. I like San Francisco to beat Seattle, but I like them to beat him more soundly if Geno Smith is unable to go. Black Friday. We have our first Black Friday game. It's on Prime Video. It's the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central Time on Friday. Was Tim Boyle against Tua Tagovailoa and that Dolphins offense. Good luck. Dolphins roll over the Jets in this one. Uh, we go to Sunday's games now. We have the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Uh, 
Saints, I think, are the better team. Falcons, you have to find a way to win a game here. Shouldn't have lost to the Cardinals. Uh, get B. John Robinson involved early and often. I'm going to go with the Saints. Falcons, please prove me wrong uh, because you really haven't thus far. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada uh, early Tuesday morning. So we'll see if that provides a little boost or a little pep in the step for the offense. Bengals first game with Jake Browning. No more Joe Burrow for the year. I don't see it going well for the Bengals. I like the the, the Steelers to roll. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Who would have thought that this would be the best game, arguably, of the day on the CBS slate? Certainly top two. Uh, if you want to put Bills Eagles, I yes, that that makes a ton of sense. Texans beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville earlier this year. They they seem to be the Jack the Jaguars kind of bugaboo here. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville to 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 get the win, but I don't say that with a great degree of confidence at all because C.J. Stroud and the Texans are rolling right now. Um, it'll be a great game there in Houston. I'll give the Jaguars the slight edge and pick them to win by maybe a field goal. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Shaq Leonard, the linebacker for the Colts, just got released. Wonder what that's going to do to the team. Uh, Garner Minshew is good. Um, I, I'm going to ride with Baker Mayfield and the Bucks here. I'll give them the win over the Colts. New England Patriots at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Okay, uh, I don't know if it's Mac Jones. I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. The beat the Giants like if you're not going to beat them ugh, I I don't know what what to say it's gonna yikes what an ugly game what a terrible game I'll go with the Patriots I don't say that with any degree of certainty at all whatsoever Carolina Panthers at the Tennessee Titans 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox I don't uh, battle of rookie quarterbacks here I guess Will Levis for the Titans Bryce Young for the Panthers nothing seems to be going well for Carolina right now I'll give Tennessee the edge in this one to get the win L.A. Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Cardinals have been playing better with Kyler Murray here. They're fighting hard. I, I think the Rams just get the job done. Kyron Williams, he's or Kieran Williams, he's going to come back at running back for the Rams. He might make the difference in this one. I'm going with L.A. Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The Broncos are on this four-game win streak in large part because they're forcing turnovers. Cleveland, you cannot turn the ball over in this one. Cleveland's defense will hold out here. I think the Browns escape Denver with a win. Just please beat Denver, knock Russell Wilson down. Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Ra at the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 3:25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Not sure how well the the wide receivers for the Chiefs will play in this one, but the Chiefs are a more talented team than the Raiders. They'll get the win here uh, in Vegas. Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles, 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 3:25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Bills were at full strength. I might give them the edge over the Eagles. We'll see if they can carry over that offensive explosion from last week to this week. Eagles, they just keep finding ways to win. We'll go with Philadelphia here to beat Buffalo. Baltimore Ravens at the LA Chargers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. We'll see what creative way the Chargers find a way to lose this one. I can't pick them, not after what we've been seeing from them. No, 
Uh, going with the Ravens in this one. And then Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Like the Vikings, Josh Dobbs and company to bounce back here. Bears will be tough, uh, but the Vikings are the better team. They'll get the win here going into their bye at 7-5. And, and those are your Week 12 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com and our Football Friday post. Except for Thursday, we have our special Thanksgiving post with previews and predictions for the Thanksgiving triple header as well as the Black Friday game. Uh, again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday, uh, spending time with friends, family. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the food. Uh, all, not all necessarily in that order, but you can um, uh, thankful that you're listening to the podcast this week and every week. You can find the podcast on podcast.com or archive.org. Just search the sports block on iTunes. Uh, Again, search the sports block on follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins, Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at CE Hildebrand, a link to the podcast post the middle to later part of each week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Have a great, safe weekend. Enjoy the, all the food, all the football, all the holiday hoops uh, with the college basketball tournaments going on. And we'll be back next week to talk about it all. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.